Thank you. Recording has started. Thank you. Good evening. This is the February 20, 2024 regular meeting of the complaint committee of the SOT the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force of the City and County of San Francisco. The time is 5.30 p.m. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene in hybrid meetings that allow for either in-person attendance or remote participation. Public comment will be taken on each item of the agenda. Meeting decorum. Any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to disorderly conduct of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Chair Schmidt, that completes my announcements. Thank you. Let's let's go ahead uh, start with uh, number one today. Item one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. We have no known changes. Okay. There's there's one item that I wanted to see if there's a reason that it we should wait until the end of the calendar, which is one that there was a stipulation on uh, where the, let's see, I think it was the Fine Arts Museum. Um, it, basically, I'm not going to say pled no, no contest, but they, they, they admitted no contest. And so I would think that under our rules, we will be putting that on the consent calendar. Um, I, I asked the members, would you think that we should just do that right up front or should we just wait till number six? It doesn't really matter to me, but since it's, it's consented to, I know there's another matter with the same party, so maybe it doesn't matter this time. Any, any thoughts on that? My only thought would be if we move it up, then uh, it's out of the way. If there are certain people who are not able to, to kind of come to the hearing until six, you know, people who are working. And so it shortens like how long they have to wait for things. So I guess I would maybe say move it up if we want to go and deal with it. Okay. So let's move. Um, let's see. That is number. Number nine. Let's hear that first among the complaints. So that will go uh, just ahead of number four, and we'll 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 deal with it very quickly. Nothing else on uh, item one. Just that one change. I'm repeating back item nine, file number two four zero zero three, complaint filed by anonymous against the Fine Arts Museum has been moved to the top of the agenda. In front of item four. Item four is file number two three zero nine five complaint by Mark LaCroix against the city, the San Francisco Fire Commission. Correct? Yes. Thank you. So I should say we can call the roll then. Roll call. Member Stein? Here. 
Member Stein, aye. Member Sugarman. Present. Member Sugarman, aye. Oh, aye. Chair Schmidt. Present. Chair Schmidt, aye. We have a quorum. Oh. Okay, number two. Uh, we have a hand raised for public comment right now. I'm not sure if they want to comment on the item one or not. Uh, since we made an agenda change, I'll just I'll allow it if if they do. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and unmute them right now. Uh, caller, you have been unmuted. Uh, would you like to make public comment on item number one? Yes, I would, Victor. Okay, uh, at your discretion, um, uh, Ms. Peterson. Do you have the clock ready? The timer? And ready. Ms. Okay. Trudeau, are you ready? I'm ready. Your time begins now. Uh, Anne Trebeau here, thank you for moving that up because uh, for me as a, a time difference, it's three o'clock in the morning and that was a case uh, uh, that interests me a lot. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's a good thing that you moved it up. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. I have no additional hands raised. Okay, number two. Item two, approval of the January 16, 2023 complaint committee meeting minutes. Okay, uh, members, any, um, any comments or changes? Yes. Yes, <laughs> member Stein. Okay, so on page three, paragraph six. Which is the paragraph that is the action, the bolded paragraph. Um, I think what we had in the original thing was a consideration of whether it's a provision for timely complete records violations. Oh wait, oh we do have that. Or a violation. Okay, never mind. That is in there. Sorry, I didn't see that the first time around. So that looks good. <laughs> but then I did have another one on page five, item six. Um under the action uh bolded paragraph again. Um I had um, and I guess I want to check this against other people's memory um, that we had also added failing, potentially considering failing to send an authorized representative to the theory. But I don't know if anyone else remembers that. I think it was not an authorized representative. Who was the who was the agency? And the chief medical officer. 
I don't have a specific enough recall on that one. Oh, it says right there, the Office of Medical Examiner was not present and did not notify the SOTF. Oh, okay. Okay. I okay. saw that there. So that was in the notes. So I think we did talk about considering the 6721E for failing to send an authorized representative to a hearing. I, I, yeah, now that you mentioned that they just weren't here, I do recall that I believe we did add that into um, the, the decision. It was in my notes, but that's not always a, but I think we did. Where should the language be added in the bolded language as it appears? Um, Um, and just at the very end, I would just say after, you know, whether there are any alleged violations, I would just say as well as failing to send an authorized representative to the hearing. And in parentheses, 67.21E. Item 6, adding to the action item at the very end of the statement. After whether there are any of the alleged violations. Comma, as well as failing to send an authorized representative to the hearing parentheses 67.21 sub E close paren period. Yeah, and that's my only correction. All right, I'll certainly. Um... Not object to any of those changes myself. Member Sugarman, uh, I think maybe you weren't at the meeting, but do you have any edits on this? I do not. Thank okay. you, though. All right. In that case, uh, I would move that with the uh, edits from Member Stein uh, that we approve the minutes. And a second, please. I'll second it. Seconded by member Stein. Public comment. Yes, be members of the public who like to make public comment. You can approach the podium at this time. And if you're joining us remotely, you can use uh, star 3 on the telephone to raise your hand or otherwise use the application to raise your hand at this time. There is no one um, present approaching see, the podium. I see no hands raised at this time. Let's vote. Taking the vote, Member Stein? Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Sugarman? Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Chair Schmidt? Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Three eyes, the motion passes. Item three? Yes, please.
Item 3, public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. If there's any mem members of the public in the room who would like to speak on this item, please approach the podium. If you are a member of the online community and you would like to speak, please raise your hand, pressing star 3 or using your app, raise your hand. We have no one in the room. We have one caller online. Uh, that one caller has been unmuted at your discretion, Pat. Sorry, Victor. I oh, just... That's all yours. You take control. Thank you. Hello, caller. Uh, would you like to speak on item three? Yes, I would. One moment, please. Your time begins now. Uh, I, I just want to make a comment um, that I hope that this uh, committee stays on track and focuses on the Sunshine Ordinance and any potential violations of it in a case that I had that really wasn't finished, it was a little frustrating for me because the issue was the Sunshine Ordinance and violations. I just want to add that now the case is finished, the documents that I got um, from the city attorney's office were not complete at all. And I fully expected these documents that I got to be not consistent with the documents that were filed with the California Court of Appeal. Um, a number of them that I received from the city attorney's office did not have the court stamps on it. They, that means that they were not public documents and uh, they were not entered into the California Court of Appeal system. So um, I just hope that when this case reaches the Compliance and Amendments uh, Committee, we can have a discussion on what exactly is a public document and what isn't, because that's been a problem of the city attorney's office for a long time. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, next item. Item four, file number 23095, complaint filed by Mark LaCroix against the San Francisco Fire Commission. Uh, I think you got to jump to nine. Yeah, number nine. Is Thank you. Proceeds. Item nine, file number 24003, complaint filed by anonymous ACU against the Fine Arts Museum for allegedly, allegedly violating administrative code, Sunshine Ordinance, section 67.5 sub B as in boy, by failing to make meetings of this policy body open and public and governed by the provisions of the Ralph M. Brown Act. 
section 67.16 by failing to provide meeting minutes within 10 working days after the meeting. All right, this is a matter where I see in the record at page uh, 106, and I know there's another reference uh, also in the record, that the uh, responding agency is uh, declaring no contest to the allegations. So I believe uh, it's appropriate that we uh, send it on onto the consent calendar. It, it does need to be uh, given a final decision, not by us, but by the full task force. Um, and so I think that, and I appreciate the clearing of the no contest. I, I, I'll just go ahead and make the motion that uh, we find in um, accordance with the uh, the no contest declaration that um, there were violations as alleged and that this be placed on the next available consent calendar. Uh, Chair Schmidt, can we uh, list the, the violations that they uh, acknowledge? <laughs> That's fine. Um, I believe it's 67.5B and 67.16. Okay, just as listed in the title. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to be in the in the actions so when it goes on the consent, it's clear what they are approving. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. Maybe asking you to repeat that motion, please. Sure. In full. Um, the the motion was uh, based on the uh, declaration of no contest of the respondent. Um, uh, moved to find uh, violations listed in the petition, which are. Section 67.5B and 67.16, and this be placed on the consent calendar for the next task force hearing. Meeting based on the declaration of no contest of the respondent, move to find violations um, listed in the petition, which are 67.5B and and 67.16, and that this be placed on the consent calendar for the next task force meeting. Um, that will be March 6. Uh, we're not going to state the meeting date. Uh, that's up to the chair of the full task force to decide what meeting it'll go on. Repeating back will be placed on the consent calendar for the next task force meeting. Next available, uh, next available task force meeting. And will be placed on the consent calendar for the next available task force meeting. And moved by Chair Schmitz, seconded by. Seconded. By Member Sugarman. 
If there's anybody who'd like to make public comment on this motion, you can approach the podium at this time or otherwise use the application to raise your hand. If you're on the phone, you can press star three to raise your hand. I have uh, one person with a hand raised. I defer to uh, Ms. Peterson. We have one speaker in the room, Chair Schmidt. I, I don't think the order matters. Let's go ahead and hear from our person who is present here. Just a moment, please. Question or start the timer, please. I'll, I'll allow it since it's not a procedure that we see that often. So go ahead. My issue is that this circumstance. Um, can I pause for a second? Can you make sure her microphone's on? You may have to. Um, microphone appears on. Could you speak into the microphone? Sure. One is more that time better? Microphone? Yes, that's better. Thank you. That's better. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment that this issue that was the basis of this complaint made it a little challenging to identify all the, the violations in the sunshine ordinance because it was a, a meeting that was simply not noticed agendized no minutes provided whatsoever and additionally i just would maybe like what i'd like to ask is if i need to file a separate complaint um, regarding potential violation of uh the california government code section 5495 uh Nine four five four nine five nine, which holds that each member of a legislative body who attends a meeting of that legislative body where action is taken in violation of any provision of this chapter and where the member intends to deprive the public of information to which the member knows or has reason to know the public is entitled under this chapter is guilty of a misdemeanor. The sunshine, the equivalent sunshine ordinance section only addresses specific individuals under as far as I can tell, the California government code, this would apply to members of the board of trustees. And given that a nearly identical resolution had been issued at a properly noticed meeting on June 1st, and then three weeks later, the, the resolution in question was produced, indicates to me the intent covered by section 54959. The the um, the the place where we're at is that we have uh, received the specific tensions that were placed before us, and the respondent had a chance to review those, and with only those in the record, uh, the respondent. Uh, is is stating no contest. Uh, if you wanted to add something further, I think that um, you you probably would want to do that separately, especially if if it's a provision that refers to uh, uh, cr criminal law misdemeanors. Oh. Uh, and I'm not trying to discourage you from doing it, but I I would say you, you probably should. Do that separately members any yeah i mean i would say the same thing because they're not saying no contest yes. to okay. that yes issue okay so we can't really forward on yeah that's fine that. i just wanted to yeah. double check and i just wanted to reiterate i already provided uh, an email regarding this but 
as support for the complaint, I am including the formal response from the Fine Arts Museum to the complaint. In the memo they provided in their response on page three, they write, this matter concerns a clerical and procedural error. Upon further investigation of anonymous complaint, FAMSF discovered multiple errors regarding Board Resolution 1828. Yet in their response, they never identify these errors. And I uh, want to point out that. Yeah, I, I think we've already we've seen that reviewed okay. Okay. everything. And um, I, I think this one was clear that uh, it should go to our consent calendar where we will briefly consider it. And there's a good chance you'll get an order in your favor okay. on that. Yeah, Thank you. so um, we'll leave it at uh, that unless you may, well, if you're a party of the matter. Then we can't can't let you make public comment on it. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, um, and I just want to make sure I didn't miss the other complaint. Uh, there's another complaint that is. It's uh, there's an O2 and an O3. The other one will be the 6th item okay. and this is the 1st item on the calendar. Uh, why it's coming out of order. Yeah. Okay, the other public commenter who's online. We don't need a motion first. We no no. We have a pending motion, but there was a person in the room for public comment, and then there was also someone online to give public comment, and so it's now their turn. Thank you for the clarification. Sure. Uh, members of this unmuted. members of this committee and Trebell. One moment, uh, please. Let me start the, the timer. Oh, okay. Please begin. Uh, Anne Trebow, I remember up to, could be six years ago, I had similar complaints uh, with the Fine Arts Museum over almost this identical issue. They didn't uh, say no contest. It, there were hearings, and it went to the full task force. But it just a little shocking to me so many years later, it could be six or seven years later that the same names that I saw on the email of the documents, Megan Bourne being one of them, uh, she did appear, but they never changed the way they did things. And it's a little unsettling for me to hear the same allegations being made six or seven years later. And I think it's a little too easy for them to say no contest so they don't have to have a hearing. That's it, that's mine. I'm finished. Thank you. All right, let's vote. Taking the vote, member Stein. Aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Three ayes. The motion passes. Returning to item four.
file number 23095. Complaint filed by Mark LaCroix against the San Francisco Fire Commission for allegedly violating Administrative Code Sunshine Ordinance Section 67.10 sub B by failing to consider the appointment, employment, evaluation of performance, or dismissal of a city employee. If the policy body has the authority to appoint, employ, or dismiss the employee, or to hear the complaints or charge brought against the employee by another person or employee, unless the employee complained of requests a public hearing, um, respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner, 67.11. Prior to any closed session, a policy body may state the general reason or reasons for the closed session and shall cite the statutory authority, including the specific section and subdivision or other legal authority under which the session is being held. 67.12, by failing to disclose closed session discussion and actions. All right, so we are going to have uh, probably five com complaints or petitions, as I prefer to call them. Uh, same synonyms. Um, the, the process that we're going to take today, I believe that three of these involve uh, public meetings issues and two of them involve uh, documents issues. Uh, although that's, we, we hear each, uh, that's, those are both part of our, our um, ambit. The process will be as follows. We will allow uh, the petitioner to speak and followed by the respondent up to, up to three minutes each. With in mind, knowing that we have already had a chance to read the written record, uh, so we already know what the cases are about. Following that, uh, the members may have questions for the parties, for anyone who's a witness, uh, and after that, when questions are over, the task force, I mean, sorry, the, the committee will uh, d decide what to do next with your matter. Uh, in many cases, we will send a matter on to the full task force for a hearing and a determination. Uh, we can't make any final decisions here under our current rules. The um, a couple of questions that we look at, we're tasked to look at, are whether the task force has jurisdiction, whether the case involves public documents, public meetings. We may, may make a recommendation uh, in, in I think that's basically how the process is going to work here today. So I'll ask first, uh, is Mr. LaCroix uh, online? Uh, yes, I am. You, okay, great. Right. And we have someone from the fire commission. We have Maureen Conifree. Great, great. Okay. Um, may I check? We have one caller online. May I see if they're a party? 
Sure. Thank you. Hello, caller. Are you a party to this item or are you awaiting public comment? I'm making public comment. All right. I am muting you. Thank you. So we will hear now first uh, from the petitioner, Mr. LaCroix. Thank you, Chair uh, Schmidt. One moment, please. One all right, your three minutes begins now. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Um, the fire commission held a special meeting on April 6, 2022 to address a motion to dismiss charges that I had filed and was able to successfully argue on that day. The fire commission voted to go into closed session to deliberate on the matter. Uh, I had notified the commissioners before the closed session that they had improperly noticed the agenda for a closed session to take place. The commission now admits in the reply to the task force that the violation of 6711 by failing to cite the statute authority or statutory authority, including the specific section and subdivision or other legal authority under which the session was being held. The fire commission contends now that a closed session was proper under the sunshine ordinance section 6710B closed session permitted topics. If we strip down the pertinent keywords in that section, uh, we can condense it down to uh, to consider the dismissal of a city employee if the policy body has the authority to dismiss the employee. Um, the fire commission's deliberations in this matter were not to consider my dismissal. They were to consider a motion challenging the, the validity of dismissal charges. A simple review of the agenda and minutes of the meeting will reveal these facts. Also, dismissal was not in jeopardy at this meeting since it was not noticed as a separation hearing. The fire commission has formal procedures for dismissals, which had not taken place. So the commission had no such authority to dismiss me at this meeting. Hence, the deliberations in the matter failed both elements of 6710B and that they were not considering dismissal, nor did they have the authority to, to dismiss me at that meeting. The fire commission is asking for also asking for a broad interpretation of the section. Um, and that because a topic pertains to dismissals, it should be allowed to be discussed in closed session. Problem with that argument is that not only the Sunshine Ordinance, but also the Brown Act and Section 3B, Paragraph 2 of the California Constitution state that these rules are specifically required to be interpreted narrowly. The California Constitution states that a statute, court rule, or other authority shall be broadly construed if it furthers the people's right of access and narrowly construed if it limits the rights of access. Similar text is in the Brown Act and the Sunshine Ordinance. Pertaining to dismissal is not considering dismissal as 6710 reads. Um, I ask that you recommend a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance open meeting sections as appropriate and request that the record be made public and released to me upon determination by the full task force. Thank you. And of note, uh, 6712 was never in my complaint. I don't know how that ever got into the complaint, but 6712 is never in contention here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, we have more in Conifee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead with uh, the respondent. Hi, it's Maureen, um, Fire Commission Secretary. Good evening to Chair Smith, Member Stein, Member Sugarman, 
uh, Mark, good evening, Pat and Victor. Um, somebody is in the meeting, um, caller user 808, and I don't know why they're in our meeting. It should be an attendee. And they're making lots of noises. One moment, please. Okay, they seem to be gone. Okay, uh, we could continue. Okay. Are you ready? So, uh, yes, on um, October 23rd, 2023, Mark LaCroix sent a public, public record request to the Fire Commission um, stating that he wanted the closed session uh, either uh, audio or transcript of a meeting that was um, actually, he wanted the closed session portion of it because the hearing was actually held in open session. And we voted to go into closed session to deliberate. And on 1027, um, I responded to his public records request, denying his request, stating that it was against the law to uh, provide closed session uh, deliberations and that uh, we did announce in open session the outcome of the closed session deliberations. Mr. LaCroix then filed a complaint with the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force. We were asked to submit a, um, a, a history of the records request, which I did on November 21st. And we stand by the um, response to that letter. Thank and you. Is, yep, and that is my response. All right. So at this point, we may have questions for the parties. Members, do you have uh, anything at this point for either party? I'll ask Mr. LaCroix, um, you claim that there was, uh, there was improper uh, notice of the, uh, the fact that they wanted to deliberate in closed session. Could you clarify, I, I, you may have said it, but I wanna just make sure I hear it. What, what was the kind of notice and at what point in time was the notice not properly given? Okay, uh, Mr. Chair, uh, Mr. Schmidt, um, the notice, I don't have the agenda right in front of me right here, but um, it didn't cite the statute of authority uh, or the section of the Brown Act or Sunshine Ordinance as they normally do for a closed session. So it didn't say that they were they were using 6710 of the Sunshine Ordinance B. Um, when you say it didn't say, are you talking about the agenda? Yes, I'm, I apologize. The agenda did not state a statutory authority or the section that they were they were uh, going into closed session under. So I brought this to their attention when they, I believe it was right after they voted, or, or actually it was before they voted. I, I said that it wasn't in the agenda as properly noticed and commissioner feinstein assured me that everything was proper and um so then they went ahead and went into closed session 
Okay. Uh, they have since in the reply letter, if you noticed, uh, they um, they admitted that they did violate section six uh, sixty seven eleven, which is the notice or the statutory that describes the statutory authority that they must cite in the agenda. Okay. Uh, what page in our record is that uh, admission? Are you asking me, sir? Yeah. Do you do you um, can can you point to I can. where? Oh, you can. Okay. Yes, it's page uh, twenty one. Twenty one. Thank you. And it's uh, under section two. The very last. There is no need for a hearing on this issue, as the commission acknowledges a technical error here that will it will avoid in the future. Great. Appreciate the um, clarity on that. Uh, we have a question from Member Stein. Yeah, um, this is a question for the petitioner. Um, so, I think you referenced that you requested that the hearing be public. Um, when did you make the request for the agenda item to be public? I believe that was October. Um, Ms. Conifrey kindly stated the date in her, uh, her reply. So, that was like you submitted something in writing asking that it be. Yes, that should that should be in your packet there. I, I did not see it. So, um, and I was kind of looking for it, but, but I, I, maybe I missed it. Um, and on what basis were you uh, requesting that the hearing be public? Oh, so in my in my letter to the commission uh, for the public records request, um, I cited that it was in, it was an improper topic. It was not a permitted topic for a closed session, and that's okay. because deliberations, while in a, in a separation hearing, when separation is at stake, which they call dismissal in the Sunshine Ordinance, um, deliberations are permitted under the Brown Act, uh, or there's, they're, they're spelled out in the Brown Act, that closed session deliberations and dismissals are permitted. However, this was not a dismissal hearing. This was on a motion to dismiss and just so maybe you understand a little better. Uh, the fire department filed incorrect charges against me and I spent 5 and a half months under suspension awaiting a hearing to have the uh, charges dismissed. And in this closed session, while it's important to me is, uh, the fire commission elected not to. Um, exercise their ministerial duty to award remedy in the case. So, and then they've never explained why. And it's basically cost me, that cost me $82,000 of back pay. And uh, since I've been separated, basically uh, about $230 a month for the rest of my life. So, this closed session is, is, um, which I contend is is not a permitted topic, um, is where these decisions took place. And I've been seeking an answer to why they wouldn't provide remedy ever since, and they won't provide one. So this is this is my administrative course of action to try and reveal what's going on with the fire commission and why they won't reveal answers okay. to me. Okay, thank you. And um, I have a question too for the fire commission, which yes. is, do you have anything written down in your own internal policy uh, about that would shed light on why you um, 
why you consider any hearing pertaining to a dismissal to be a, a you know, to fall under 67.10 B to actually be uh, a vote on dismissal or. Okay, so that actually is incorrect. Um, the, like I said, the hearing was an open session at the request of Mr. LaCroix. So the whole hearing was open. Um, he received the uh, WebEx uh, tape of that. It was when it was time for the commissioners to make a determination and the and the hearing was strictly on his motion to dismiss. It had nothing to do with back pay. Uh, it was strictly as the agenda stated. The commission will consider a pre-hearing dispositive motion on an employee dismissal case. The commission went in, they voted, um, although the statutory sites were not on the agenda, there was on the agenda whether to hold, del uh, conduct deliberations in closed session. It was an action item and they voted two to one to go into closed session, which we did. We came out of closed session, announced in open session what the outcome was in favor of Mr. LaCroix. And I took a vote that a vote on to elect whether to disclose any or all discussions held in closed session as specified in San Francisco Administrative Code, section 67.12a, and it was a unanimous not to disclose. Yeah, I, under, I understood that actually, sorry for reading the packet. Maybe I didn't state things or state my question as well as I could have. I guess I'm just trying, I feel like the point of difference here is that um, you are arguing that anything that relates to an employee's potential or a potential action for dismissal of an employee, even if it's a pre-motion about that, falls under 6710B, um, whereas the petitioner is saying it doesn't. And so I just wondered if you had any kind of internal policy like that any you know written down anywhere about what would constitute a, a sort of hearing on employment um, to consider someone's employment if that's everything to do with it or if that needs to be more narrowly construed to you know determining whether or not you were going to dismiss somebody uh yeah we would not do deliberations in open in open session if it uh, constituted dismissal of a uh, an employee. I think that's against the law. No, I, yeah, that is clearly an open session. It's a uh, personnel <laughs> well, matter. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Okay. Um, I, we have now a question from Member Sugarman, but. Uh, Member Sugarman, let me just say that I just want to clarify because I see these things maybe more than the average person. We're actually talking about two uses of the same word, the dismissal of the employee versus the dismissal of the case seeking to dismiss the employee. And so let me just put that out there just it, it it's it it can be confusing. Uh, I'm sure everyone understood that. 
Okay, um, Member Sugarman. Thank you. Um, I have an obvious question, honestly, um, which is I understand that this, the disclosure, um, or at least as it's um, it, as it's put forward, was not properly put into the complaint or the agenda in terms of why um, the commission went in a closed session. My question is for either party present is. Again, this is obvious, but did the commission disclose verbally why they were going into closed session? Was there was there a disclosure made? Um, just to deliberate on the no, open I mean, session the, hearing. Yeah, but I mean, at the time that it happened, did you was it was it announced that you were going into closed session for a certain reason? To deliberate on the open session hearing. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, I think that I don't have anything further. I think I know enough for purposes of what we're doing here today. Uh, it does sound like there's a, one item where there has been a concession and yet there are other items that we might want to be sending on to the task force to to look at members any um any thoughts on what to do with this matter should we send it to the task force and if we should how yeah, I mean, I, I would make a motion to say that these are public records under our jurisdiction or it's a public meeting under our jurisdiction. Recommend uh, send it to the task force with a recommendation that we that they find a 67.11 violation because that's already been acknowledged um, and consideration. Only of whether there's there might be a 67 point. One zero fee violation. And, and just to clarify, and this is not part of the motion. The second part is not part of the recommendation. No, it's a consider just to consider. Just to consider. That's what we is the focus to okay. consider whether there's a sixty seven ten B violation. And of course, I'm just leaving off sixty seven point one two since the petitioner has said that is not part of their complaint, and it doesn't yeah. seem to have been violated in any case. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I tend to think that even if it was technically a motion to dismiss the dismissal action, I think that the the content of what was being considered is is probably well, I, I'm getting a little ahead of us here, but I think you could argue that it was the equivalent of what a dismissal hearing of the employment matter would look like. So that would be what's important to me. Okay. Um, Member Sugarman, uh, uh, I, I, would you like to second the motion, I should say? Or should I? Any, any comments? Or, or do you have any, any, uh, <laughs> 
or do you have any other uh, thoughts that you think we should be considering here? I come, at, <clears throat> excuse me, I come at this with um, a limited amount of understanding of this specific, but I, my my question is, uh, it seems when you're talking about buying in 6711 and 6712 talks about disclosure of the reason for the closed session. Um, and while it wasn't on the agenda, what I just heard was they, the reason was apparent why they went into a closed session. It was on the agenda. What wasn't on the agenda was a reference to a particular citation, but they did give verbal uh, sort of rationale in the agenda why it was a closed session. So, and what I'm hearing you say is still that this should be a matter of public record, right? We're saying, I think that the, uh, I, I'm saying that the task force can consider that question, whether or not this was a properly, properly a closed uh, a topic that um, a closed session could apply to. Okay. Um, may I get clarification on the motion? So what I heard was that um, these are items under the jurisdiction of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, that they are public documents. Section 67.11 is acknowledged, mm -hmm. the violation. And the question is whether um, to forward for consideration of whether there is a violation of 6710B. Yes, but we don't have a second technically. So it may just die as a question. Okay. Um. Uh, Ms. Peterson, instead of records, could you say meetings? I, oh, sorry, I, I yeah, think public Member meetings. Had yeah, public meetings. Made meeting. an alteration. So you made that motion. Yes. And so, what do you think then? Uh, I was just mainly making uh, somewhat of a observation. Her motion is still alive, but I just wanted to make the observation that it may that what they were deliberating on in closed session and what had been open in the hearing even though it was technically in the context of a motion to dismiss the uh the potential effort to dismiss Mr. LaCroix as as an employee, um, I think that the, the the substance of what was both considered at the hearing and was deliberated over was the same kind of substance that would be involved in um, in a uh, disciplinary or employment type of situation where you would obviously deliberate in closed session. I, I agree with that. Okay. Okay. So, I would tend to, uh, I, I want to, I wanted to see, because I'm not opposed to uh, Member Stein's uh, motion, but I wanted to give you a chance to air, you know, anything you wanted to talk about here I, or I would, to second the motion. Yeah, I would just elaborate that I understand like the, um, the content of the the complaint that it's not uh, directly and what what you had said about how it's not directly a, a dismissal matter. 
Um, like I understood that from when you said it, but also in the context of when Mr. LaCour was speaking about it. Um, and to me, it still seems like an employment matter as so discussed under the Sunshine Ordinance, personally. Okay. Well, I think that um, uh, I'm going to second that. It's a good motion. So we're ready for public comment. Are there any speakers in the room who would like to provide public comment? And if yes, please approach the podium. We do have one speaker in the queue with their hand raised. No one is approaching the podium. Would you like the um, online caller? Yes, please. Hello, caller. You've been unmuted. Hello, caller. Would you like to make a, a comment on item four? Yes, please. One moment, please. Would you state your name for the record? Uh, no, I'm public comment. I don't believe the public has to identify themselves in a public comment. That's fine. Would you like to begin? Yes, thank you task force for tonight. I just wanted to say. That there has been some serious lack of transparency coming from San Francisco fire commission, the collaboration with the city's attorney's office. I urge you to take a genuine interest in investigating because there's been a disservice to the public and the taxpayers and the members of, of the San Francisco fire department. And in agreement with 1 of the previous public commenters. It's easy. It seems it's very easy for the city to hide behind. All these quote unquote, uh, private meetings they do in the back, regardless of what they're saying it's for, or not saying it's for. So I implore you to please, uh. Investigate and genuinely take a good look at what Mark LaCroix is saying. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's vote. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Three ayes. The motion passes. Okay, next matter. Item five, filed number 23099. Complaint filed by Mark LaCroix against the San Francisco Fire Commission. For allegedly violating administrative code sunshine ordinance 67.5. By failing to conduct meetings of any policy body open in public. 6710 conducting a closed session hearing on a non permitted topic. And 6711 by failing to properly notice a closed session hearing. All right, uh, the 1st thing I'm going to do here is. Ask the members. Did you see anything here that is a substantive difference um, with the last case that we heard? It seems like maybe we have duplication. Uh, did you get a sense of that or did you see something um, that you believe merits these two cases being separate? Okay, uh, I might have read 
have this wrong in my notes, but I thought it was a different request for a different closed session hearing. I haven't, I thought one of them referred to one. The, the first one was asking for info about. Oh, where did it go? I, and I could be wrong on that. A uh, case heard on 4622 in the first one, the petitioner's request was for that. And in the second one, it was a request for a hearing heard on, uh, that happened on 1122. Okay. Okay. That that's my um, oversight then. In that case, we have uh, the claims may be just about the same, but we're talking about two different, very similar situations. Okay. Uh, in that case, we're we're going to keep the cases together um, throughout. But since they're they involve the same parties, uh, very similar claims. Uh, when uh, Ms. Peterson is ready, we will start with uh, Mr. Lacroix for up to three minutes. Mr. Lacroix, are you still with us? I am. All right. Are you ready to begin? I am. Thank you. Your time begins now. Okay, this one will go a little faster. Um, so the fire commission held a closed session meeting on January 12, 2022, noticed as follows. Personnel exception, status and calendaring of pending, disciplinary, and separation cases. Status and calendaring of pending, disciplinary, and separation cases appears to be purely administrative acts and not a permitted topic for closed session under the notice sunshine ordinance code 67.10B. The fire commission's response to my request stated that the closed session that I see, quote, pertained to the potential dismissal and separation of employees, unquote. Pertaining to dismissal, once again, is not considering dismissal. Uh, according to Bollinger versus San Diego Civil Service Commission, which the fire commission put forth in the last case uh, in the reply, um, considering it, the court explains in this uh, in this case, considering is deliberating, and if the fire commission was actually considering my dismissal, um, as they state in the response letter several times, um, the meeting should have been noticed as a separation hearing. Um, status and calendaring uh, to a normal to a person of average intelligence. Um, Sure doesn't sound like you're considering somebody's dismissal. Uh, there was no hearing notice, thus no hearing of charges can take place without a 24 hour notice under the Brown Act and the Sunshine Ordinance and the opportunity for me and others to request an open session in the matter. Once again, the fire commission is asking for a broad interpretation of permitted closed session topics and that because a topic pertains to dismissals, it should be allowed to be discussed in closed session. The problem with that argument is not only the Sunshine Ordinance, but also uh, the Brown Act, Section 3B, Paragraph 2, of the, and the California Constitution, which I read before, that specifically required um, these sections to be interpreted narrowly. Um, I'm going to expand a little bit. Um, there are only certain permitted topics under 6710B that are allowed to be in closed session, and one potential problem with a broad interpretation, anything that pertains to dismissal, is the downstream um, sections of the Brown Act and the Sunshine Ordinance, like 6712, requires disclosures only for, only for specified uh, reasons. 
Well, if you broadly interpret 6710B and you allow several other things to be discussed in closed section, session, when they wrote 6712, they never considered those actions as being as having to be disclosed. So that's just another consideration to think about how narrowly you need to construe 67.10B. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, when when Patricia's ready, let's go ahead with the respondent. Ms. Connor Freak. Ms. Okay. Connor, are you ready? Um, I guess. Okay, your three minutes begins now. So the beginning of 2022, the fire commission got word that there were going to be about 22 potential non-disciplinary separation cases to come in front of them because of the health order that the city and county of San Francisco put out. The fire commission was it's new ground for them. And at the suggestion of the uh, president, she asked for um, uh, an agenda item to be put on the uh, agenda for the Department of Human Resources and the city attorney's office to come in and give them a um, more or less uh, advice on how these potential dismissals of 22 or more uh, members of the San Francisco Fire Department would work under the health order. Um, the agenda was posted uh, timely. The actual uh, sites were put on the um, on the agenda. And we voted to go into closed session. Uh, you'll see the, the minutes are attached. It says who was in the closed session um, once the closed session ended. And uh, there was also a, um, under that closed session, a um, discipline hearing and we announced what the outcome of was of the discipline hearing, but there was no action taken on the labor negotiations, which is a uh, an allowed uh, item for closed session. And then we stand by our letter that was submitted to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force for a breakdown of all of the uh, statutes that we um, cited in that letter. And that's thank you. Thank you. All right, members, any questions? I I do have a question. It sounds like during that um closed session, and correct me if I'm oversimplifying, but it sounds like it was a closed session that we're talking about. And uh, was was a member of the city attorney's office in in the closed session? Is that what you had said? Correct. Uh, so the, the Department of Human Resources director, Mrs. Carol Eisen, 
and the uh, deputy city attorney that represents the commission. Okay. Um, and uh, it, it sounds like you're um, saying that the, the city attorney's office was providing advice in that session. Is that correct? Well, they were there to to answer any questions. It was the Department of Human Resources that was providing the um, kind of like the, the breakdown on how these uh, hearings would work. Okay. All right. And so it was it was one representative from the human. Uh, I'm sorry, human resources, correct? The Department of Human Resources, correct. Okay, and and a, and a city attorney, and then uh, the the members of the commission. They went into closed session, correct? Right. So it was I agendized as the conference with negotiator, labor negotiations, cities negotiations. Carol Eisen, human resource director, and Audris Audris Graham, employee relations director. Anticipated issue under negotiation status of meet and confer concerning commission's procedural rule regarding hearings for vaccination related separation cases. Um, that's not the session I was I had requested. It was only the session on status and calendaring of pending disciplinary and separation cases. The artist Graham and, and Carol Eisen um, was in the previous session that was also closed. Okay, yeah, let's let's um let's see if we can get that pinned down. Um it, okay, so it sounds like from Mr. LaCroix that we may be talking about two different um closed sessions. One of them being what uh the respondent was just describing, which is uh, human resources. Uh, she was talking about it's it's labor negotiations. City attorneys there. Uh, Mr. Lacroix, um, are you saying that there was a separate uh, deliberation that was w did not involve those people that was that you're complaining about uh, shouldn't have been done on a, in a closed session? Oh, that's correct. My my petition was very clear. It was there. They went into closed session for three separate agenda items, and that first one, which was the labor negotiations, is not the one I was requesting. I was okay. clear that it's. No, they only, we only went in for two. I thought you said there was also a disciplinary case, but right. So okay. well, uh, case number two hundred two one dash oh three was the appeal from a ten calendar day suspension for violation of three separate rules. Okay, and that's not an issue here. Uh, we're talking about. I, it sounds to me like it. It was pretty clear from Mr. Lacroix in the, in the documents that we're talking about something that may have been sort of a scheduling uh, discussion. Is yet I could see that maybe it was about scheduling twenty two different employees. So I'm a little bit um, I'm not sure if it, it, to the respondent, uh, do you believe that 
Mr. LaCroix is wrong that the scheduling item that he's complaining about is separate from the HR uh, labor negotiations uh, closed session that you were just talking about a, a minute or two ago. Is that for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so it was all B and C were all to do with the um, on how to get these 22 uh, non-disciplinary cases scheduled. So it is all part of a personnel uh, issue. You're saying how to get them scheduled. Right. So we have to have a hearing, a separate hearing for all 22 uh, potential non-disciplinary separation cases for members who did not get vaccinated. Okay. And that okay. was all new to the commission. So there was discussion on how to proceed with personnel matters. It, 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 it was, okay, it, was it was it about uh, you were actually doing the scheduling, or was it more about trying to figure out uh, sort of a system or a method by which to uh, deal with the fact that you had 22 that you had to schedule in a sort of a, a special way. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so you weren't, we, we setting, you weren't right. setting dates. Um, well, not uh, specific dates, but trying to get a feel on. How to do it. Exactly. Okay, okay, thank you. I, I don't have any further right now. Uh, members, any other questions? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Member Sugarman, sorry. No, I said no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we we could. Then uh, I don't, we may have further questions, but it may be that we just ought to deliberate amongst ourselves and figure out if we either have a strong uh, sense of this one way or another, uh, or if we, well, we can't make any decisions here. We would send it to the task force if we wanted to have a decision of some kind. Uh, there is, as opposed to the last one, I don't think anything is conceded in this one. Uh, so I'm, I'm open to your thoughts, members. Anything, what do you want to do with this one? Um, just from what I can tell, it seems fairly straightforward to me. Um, so I can imagine what it would, what would happen if it went to the full board, but also, um, if the question is a matter of determining whether we have jurisdiction, um, it seems as though we do, 
and that um, neither party concedes where they're standing with it. So that's what they would like to see with it is for it to be determined by the task force. That's that's basically it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think each of the issues is is contested here. I think that the two sides uh, have different opinions on propriety of the decisions here. So, unless we were to, you know, feel very strongly in one direction then maybe we just send this on as it came to us and just say, yep, we got the jurisdiction. These are public meetings. And so let's forward it. And so I'll just make, I'll, I'll make the motion. Um, move to forward this matter to the task force. Um, we find jurisdiction and these meetings were public. This needs to be heard on the same day as the case that was just before us, 23095, since there are the parties are the same and the claims are not the same, but similar. Um, motion to move this matter to the task force finding jurisdiction. And that these meetings were public. Um, the matter is to be heard on the same day as case number 23095 as the. Parties are similar, but not the same. Uh, I would the, second that. Yeah. Unless you have something to add. The parties are, are similar. I, I, I just, I just want to clarify. Um, it, and the issues are similar, but not the same. The parties are similar. Parties the same. Issues. Similar, but not the same. Matters to be heard on the same day as case number 23095 as the parties are the same and the issues are similar, but not the same. Thank you. Great. Okay. Uh, and by member Stein. You got it. Public comment? Yes, please. Um, if there are any members um, in the room who would like to make public comment, please approach the podium. Um, we do have one caller in the queue. If you would like to make public comment on item number five, please press star three on the telephone or raise your hand using the app. We have no one in the room. Would you like to um, hear from the caller? Yes, please. Hello, caller, you've been unmuted. Hello, caller, do you wish 
I think you unmuted the wrong one. Hello, caller. Do you wish to speak on item five? Yes. Thank you. Um, would you uh, care to provide your name? You do not have to. No, thank you. All right. Your three minutes begins now. Uh, thank you, Task Force, for uh, taking my phone call. Good evening to all. I just wanted to say that if there were um, backdoor or behind closed session discussions uh, about firing uh, firefighter personnel and it didn't involve information of, you know, personal information of the firefighter, but uh, it should be open to the public to understand how they went about deciding to fire members or dismiss members or non-disciplinary separate members, how that agreement went. Um, if heads of department were in these meetings, the public should know. We invest a lot of money in training firefighters. Um, we trust in their integrity and them serving the community. So we would like to know what happened to these 22 members and the process that they were went through and I implore the task force and the committee after them to generally give us a good look and uh, to bring out to transparency uh, the entire process that was unfolded to the 22 members. Um, and clearly Ms. Confrey uh, just admitted to everybody that there were discussions with several people about how that was gonna happen and I know there's lots of people who would like to know um, what happened in those conversations. And thank you and good evening. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we can vote. Right. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Three ayes, the motion passes. Item six? Yes, please. Item six. File number 23100, complaint filed by Jim Mercasial against city, city Administrator's Office for allegedly violating Administrative Code, Sunshine Ordinance, Section 67.21 by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. Um, All right, uh, do we have the complainant here, the petitioner? Um, one moment, let me check this caller, please. Hello, caller. Are you here to speak on item six? Hello, caller. We have Mr. Cassiel, one moment, please. Uh, Mr. Cassiel has been added as a panelist. One moment, please. Let me check a caller.
caller does not wish to be unmuted. Um, if we have any callers um, in the room and you are here for item six, kindly raise your, your hand pressing star three or raise your hand in the app. Um, I see no one in the online community who is here for this item. Did you say Cassio is here? He is here. Oh, okay. So we have a petitioner, but we may not have a respondent present. Uh, and this is, um, this involves city administrator. Yeah, city yes. administrator's office. Is anybody here uh, to speak on behalf of the city administrator on this matter? If not, then we'll go ahead and uh, hear from the petitioner, Cassio. Mr. Cassio, I'm going to unmute you. Hi there. James Cassio here, Jimmer Cassio. Is that the clock? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when Ms. Peterson's ready, you have up to three minutes. Your three minutes begins now. Okay, well, thank you for adding me to the agenda. Um, basically, if you look at um, this, this, the record, uh, page number 32 of 41 is the letter uh, to Mr. Yankee from Vivian Ho. That pretty much explains the whole thing. Um, I did a sunshine request and they were not, they're not done with the city administrator's office like they are most other departments next request. Um, so you have to email the city, de the department. So um, uh, the city administrator's office, I sent the email and there was a woman named Heidi, um, very responsive, very nice. Um, but as you can see in the response, uh, I initially requested it on October 22nd. Uh, they had to clarify something on the 23rd. I responded. Uh, they said they needed the 14 days additional extension, November, 4th, uh, November 3rd. Uh, upon the due date of the extension, they updated it um, on November 15th. They were um, basically needed to clear something with the city attorney's office. I was told I was going to be getting the emails that I requested, and then um, they said that she said they'd be coming to me shortly. And then, like a day later, I said, "What do you consider shortly?" And she said, "By the end of day today." And then at the end of the, the day, that end of day that day, I received the email basically saying that they're not going to give me the information that I've asked for. So, and then it goes on. Uh, Vivian Hall, Ms. Ho, uh, Ms. Poe, basically says. Uh, we tried to be helpful and inform the requester that he has the option of pursuing a personal records request. And I, I'm not quite sure what that is. I think that might be, I can request seeing my personnel file, which I've already done that. So that's not much help. And then she also states, um, the city attorney's office due to personal personnel and privacy reasons. It is important to note that we are treating this request as we would treat a request from any member of the public, which means anything we disclose to the requester, we need to disclose publicly to other requesters with the same request. I'm an employee um, looking for some emails that were between HR and my boss, um, actually my boss's boss, and um, 
basically, I, I don't think seconds. I don't, I don't think if the, any member of the public asked for emails between me and employee and HR, I don't think that would be appropriate. I'm the employee asking for emails regarding me, the employee. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, questions, members. Respondent is not here. Did we? Yeah, we're definitely sure of that. Nobody here. Um, I guess I, I might have a question for the petitioner. Um, so you already made a personnel records request, yes. and the materials that you're seeking were not there. So that no, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That, no, that that was really my. I just wanted to confirm that. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And some of the some of the um, emails that you were seeking, this is uh, Chair Schmidt. Some of the emails you were seeking would conceivably have been written between one city employee and another city employee that would have mentioned you is that sort of the gist of what you were looking for yeah it would have been, it would have been email that was about me uh basically hr uh this person in hr they don't really respond to the employees um so i've sent him about two or three emails and never got a response from him but i believe he basically forwarded the email to um the the other individual Okay. Any other questions, members? All right. I think I think uh, we're going to deliberate now. Well, we don't have a respondent here, and I I would have some questions for the respondent about the objections. I don't like it when they push together the different objections, such as to say personnel privacy. I think that's a, um, it's bogus to do that. And um, in fact, I, I question just, there may be some of this that might have uh, have protection as personnel. I'm less convinced that there be protection as as private. Um, I I do want to just point out that the process we're talking about public records and public access to public records, and so there is a different process that we don't really have say in, which is uh, employees who are seeking their own personnel file, et cetera. But that's not what we're really here to do today. I think we'd probably just move it on and let the t full task force decide whether there were violations of the Sunshine Ordinance in this case. I, I just have like two additions. One is fairly, it's just a, a little one. 
about uh, in 67-21 about what is exempt, which is kind of what you were talking about in terms of personnel or in terms of personnel matters. So that's a question that I sort of just have more for deliberative, not for the, the parties present. But that's one thing. The other thing that I think is actually important um, from what I was reading is that um, this complaint is um, with the city administrator. And within the letters that I'm seeing, um, there's a lot of deference to um, the the city attorney. So I, I would think that if this went to the full board, that like that's what that's maybe what would happen. Like the city administrator would show up, like representative would show up and be like, oh well, we defer to the attorney, and the attorney said this. So um, I, I would think that like something like this could be delayed unless the attorney was also a party. Like, if we just put it to the board, right? Are you suggesting that um, we, we ask that the advising attorney on this matter would appear before the full task force? So, I'm suggesting that that actually does sound smart and also that if they didn't, that that's what would happen when, when this came before the board. Because that's what those letters seem to indicate that we were going to give you this information, but then we consulted with the city attorney's office and now we're not going to. That's what I read. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do agree uh, as to. This is 1 of those cases where their defense is basically yeah, it's city attorney told us. To do this, yeah, which, you know, it can be. Can be perfectly. It's it's not a final answer to anything, but it's a pretty common and often, you know, a pretty powerful um, uh, justification. Let's say. Well, if the city attorney wished to uh, come in here and. Although the, the administrator would show up at the full task force hearing and say, well, we, based on, based on what we were told by the city attorney's office, technically, we decided that we would follow their advice, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Personally, I'm inclined to make a motion that adds the city attorney, like what, what the recommendation that the, the representative comes in as well for a case like that. So that it doesn't like with so that it doesn't get pushed. Like when if that comes before the full board and the administrator says that. The, rep, the, the representatives obviously from these offices say that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I I I'll defer to member stein if she wants to um, go along with that but my my i'm not quite sure if i would expect that the city attorney would do anything other than say that they're not going to say a thing they won't be questioned because this was um this was a client seeking advice so it's it's within the attorney client privilege uh, and I know that there's a there is a provision in Sunshine 
um, that talks about how attorney-client privilege doesn't apply uh, as it does elsewhere. Uh, my reading of the law is that it's pretty clear that that has been struck down um, by the California courts. And so they, to me, they would have the privilege in this case. And so I, I'm just guessing that if, even if you got their consulting city attorney in here and started asking them questions, they just say, sorry, I can't say anything because that was that was um, consultation with the client. And that tends to be what we hear whenever we ask for, um, you know, whether they want to go on record with whatever advice that they've given. Um, although the client has the privilege to reveal what the advice was if they want. Um, but I think the client is still um, ultimately responsible for the decision that's made. They're being advised. That doesn't mean they have to take that advice. So it seems like they should be able to give a rationale of why they think something falls under a privacy or a personnel exemption wholly. Um, the task force is not tended to be very um, uh, accepting of arguments that if it has anything to do with personnel, it's all exempt, or if it has anything to do with, you know, well, and privacy itself, as we've seen many times, is a very, very um, weak defense for not for not releasing information because privacy law in reality barely exists, and it's just a very vague notion uh, for a lot of people, and it doesn't mean that everything goes under that. So, I mean, we could say that we, you know, we would like the respondent to be prepared to discuss exactly how this is an exemption that would fall under per personnel or privacy and why the entirety of the records fall under personnel and privacy um, given the laws that say that you have to you know narrowly pull out things that would would fall under that and reveal everything else i mean we can advise that but i i don't think we i mean i tend to agree with member schmidt that we probably won't get very far trying to get answers out of whatever attorney advised them What, uh, Member Sugarman, what, what do you think, if you had, on this case, if you had the city attorney who was the advising attorney, if you had them here, um, what kind of information would you, do you think, you think of that you might ask them about? I would. I... Uh, I I understand sort of the advice from um, both you and Member Stein. I, I I do think that's certainly probably the likely outcome that they'll just say that it's privileged and they won't want to talk about it. It just seems to me that from what I saw in the letter that it was just very it was pretty vague. It's like, well, we here's here's we're we're going to give you this. We're going to respond to this information. We're going to get an extension, and then. Oh, we actually talked to the city's attorney's office, and thus we're not going to. So, for me, I I'm literally just imagining it coming before us and the administrator saying the exact same thing when they get here. Oh, we that's what we can't discuss. This is what the city attorney told us. 
Yeah. So I would, so I would just want, I would, I would just ask, I, I would want to eliminate the middleman. Honestly, it's just like, I would want to ask the city attorney the same thing. It's like, well, although technically under the sunshine ordinance, even if they're advised that by the city attorney, if they're not going to give records due to, to for any exemption reasons, they are supposed to cite specifically what sections apply. Um, and, and that. Is a weakness there. Yeah, position. and it does say that in the provision in sixty-seven twenty-one, there needs to be like a stated reason for yeah. the exemption, and it has to come from you. In, so in writing, law that applies. So you can't just say it's a privacy right. You have to show us what section under how privacy rights are legislated that fits under. Yeah, and I I think in this in, with these specific facts. The fact that they came back with a um, kind of response that they did, where they they simply said, "Sorry, it's all personnel slash privacy." I don't think that's sufficient. Myself, not that it, not that I'm deciding the case. Uh, we're not deciding because we can't make a decision today. As I know, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> repeating myself, repeating myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that is the issue here is, you know, whether or not you got advised that you shouldn't produce anything and you should give this response was your decision to follow that advice and go forward. Was that move in violation and that's. Pretty much the way I see this thing going before the task force. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we have these are public records. We have jurisdiction, so the the basic questions are clearly answered here. Um, I don't know if if I'm getting a sense that the members want to make a recommendation one way or another on this. Um, and there's no need to make a recommendation. We can, if we want, um, uh, but it seems like 1 thing it, it, I, I'm guessing we do pass this on in some form or fashion. I mean, that sounds appropriate. I would just say that. Is it possible to send a letter to the administrator's office as well? Like asking before the hearing for a reason for the exemption. Like, is that possible to do? Well, why don't, you know, we could try to say um, that we're gonna schedule this for a task force hearing. And in the meantime, uh, we would ask the administrator's office to better explain uh, the application of the cited exemptions to the actual withheld documents. Yeah. How does that sound? And I think that would help. Yeah. Okay. So you would um, like to schedule this for the task force, but ask the administrator's office to better explain the application of the cited ex exemptions to the actual withheld documents prior to the hearing. God, that sounded good. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you for catching all that over my garbling. Um, well, that's yeah. I I don't know if that 
becomes a motion. Um, but I think for purposes of what we're doing here today, we we might, if you want to consider the motion, we'll just say move to um, advance this to the task force since we have jurisdiction and public records and to ask that the administrator, and then you've already, uh, Patricia, you've already got the wording on the rest of it. And the request to the administrator's office is part of the motion? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's part of the motion. I would also add that, you know, that we're requesting to know under 67.21B um, why these exemptions apply under the express provision of the Sunshine Ordinance. Mm -hmm. If you want to add something like that, right? I like it. I'm sorry, requesting to know why under 6721B these provisions apply. Uh, why these exemptions apply. Why, why this information is exempt under the express provisions of the Sunshine Ordinance. That's uh, taken directly from the wording of the ordinance. Yeah. Requesting to know under 6721B why these exemptions apply under the express provisions of the Sunshine Ordinance. Yeah. Um, is there a second place? Let me just add one small thing, which is um, and to determine violation for failure to send a representative today. Is that the last element? Yeah, that would be the last last element. And so, so now do we have a second? I can second that. Uh, the last element and to determine a violation for failure to send a representative to the complaint committee hearing today. Good. Okay. Um, seconded by member Stein. Proceed to public comment. Yes, please. If there are any members. The public in the room who would like to speak on item 7, please approach the podium at this time. Um, if there are any members of the public who are in our online community, please raise your hand. If you wish to speak on this item by pressing star 3 or raising your hand in the app. I see no 1 in the room. I see no callers with their hand raised. All right, uh, we can uh, have a vote. Proceeding to the vote, um, Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Three ayes. Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you.
All right. Um, next item. And uh, if at some point members want to take a break, we, we certainly could. I'm always inclined. Okay. All right. Next, next item then. Just speak up if you do. Please. Um, clarification caller. Um, Rosa, are you here for item seven? Yes, I am. One moment, please. Item seven, file number 23101. Complaint filed by Rosa L. against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code Sunshine Ordinance, section 67.21, by failing to respond to a records request in a timely and or complete manner. We've added as panelists, Lieutenant Chris Beauchamp and Rosa L. Okay, uh, the parties are here. We'll start out first with the petitioner up to three minutes. Rosa, um, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, your three minutes begins now. So, I filed a request for body cam footage. The request was filed on December 7th, 2023. SFPD did not respond until January 11th, 2024. That uh, summarizes the part of the complaint uh, about a failure to respond uh, in the proper amount of time, as that is beyond the proper amount of time. I do see in the documents that SFPD sent to the SOTF, that after I filed a complaint, they sent an email to the SOTF that I believe was intended for me, but they never sent that to me. So I just wanted to flag that for everybody. Um, email was still sent too late and after I filed a, a complaint, uh, but just in case anybody references that email, please note that it never reached me because it was never sent to me. Further, I have concerns about the claim that there are no responsive records um, based on the rest of the context that I included in the packet uh, that I sent to the SOTF complaints committee describing the body cam policy with respect to encampment resolutions. And I am happy to answer any questions um, regarding the details in that packet. Um, Feel like it was pretty thorough, but also there is some, um, you know, it's a, it's a very detailed um, concept, uh, lots of ins and outs. So happy to answer any questions there. Uh, otherwise, um, in my opinion, this is a pretty clear case. So I will stop now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we do have Lieutenant Poshamp. Evening task force members. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Your three minutes begins now. Uh, the San Francisco Police Department stipulates that we did not respond in a timely manner. Uh, we did receive the requester's request on 12-7. We assigned that request to our media department on 12-8. And uh, 
after we received the complaint from the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force, a review of our record shows that uh, due to a number of unforeseen errors in our staffing policy, uh, that request was not fulfilled by our media relations unit. Uh, subsequently, we have adjusted our policies internally to ensure that a complaint like this uh, does not occur again. We've adjusted the amount of people who are involved in requests as well as uh, the frequency of checkups on the requests to make sure that they are taken care of in a timely fashion. Uh, subsequently, once we received the complaint on the 10th, we uh, made a response on the 11th after review and researching of the information provided by the requester, uh, we were unable to determine any responsive records based upon the specific information provided by the requester. We are happy to uh, provide any documentation if she's willing to follow up with the additional information we require to fulfill her request. Thank you. So, so submitted. Thank you. Okay, members, questions? I, I guess I have a question for the petitioner. Um, given what the police department just said, um, are you still looking to move forward with your complaint? Yes, because this is part of a long pattern of SFPD not responding to my requests on time, unlike other departments, for example, the Department of Public Works, which does respond on time. Case in point, while they mentioned that they are addressing this systemic problem by making staffing changes. Um, just this evening, while I was waiting on this call, I got a response um, from SFPD about a public records request that I filed on February 15th, and they just responded to it um, today, which is only five days later, but when I say responded, I mean acknowledged in any form. Um, so not just responded, you know, with with records within the 10 calendar days, but even acknowledging it at, at all. Um, so, and further uh, prior requests um, have been far more egregious than that, just sometimes not receiving um, a response for, for a long period of time. So I think um, in, in order for me to not move forward with this request, I would wanna know some specifics about what changes have happened and when they've happened. Uh, like, did they happen just this today, this evening? Um, and uh, what are those ch staffing changes um, and, and uh, just a little bit more detail there. Um, and then I, I would also want to know um, a little bit more about why the information I provided was not sufficient um, to, uh, uh, to identify um, records that are disclosable, um, just given the, the context again in the complaint that um, discusses the body-worn body camera policy um, at encampment resolutions um, and uh, specifically, you know, SFPD Bulletin 23-166, which describes legal enforcement options for addressing illegal encampments, uh, as well as the body cam uh, footage required um, at, at such incidents. Thank you. Um, this is member Stein and I mean, I would like to know the answers to those questions <laughs> from Lieutenant Beauchamp. Can you tell us what, you know, what was the problem with the process and the staff and what, uh, what actions have been taken to rectify that? Sure. Uh, so I'll break the uh, request down into 2 point points. Uh, first is the uh, 
fixes that we put in place. Uh, a review of what occurred in this incident pointed out that we had a single point of failure in our media relations unit. There was one point of contact uh, that we forwarded our requests to and the civilian supervisor director of that unit was unaware of what was going on with that one particular individual. At the time that this request was made, there was a confluence of issues that came up where that individual uh, who received the requests was on leave and then was subsequently transferred out of the unit, which effectively made it so that the unit was unaware that requests were piling up when they were being directed to the media relations unit. Subsequently, in the early half of January, uh, prior to this complaint being made, I directed those issues to the civilian director of the media relations unit. Uh, we have since then uh, performed a uh, initial training on California Public Records Act requests with the media relations unit. We've expanded out the number of points of contact with the media relations unit from one to four. We've included a uh, dashboard for the entire media relations unit to be aware of pending requests. And we've ensured that the civilian director is aware of requests when they come in via the portal. Uh, whether it be happenstance or just good luck, uh, going through our records, I actually assigned this request personally to the new uh, point of contact at the media relations unit on the 9th of January, and I can provide that uh, history if the Sunshine Orange Task Force um, or the requester would like it. We have a, a standing record of all of the changes in our GovQA system that tracks our PRAs. So I actually assigned this case one day before uh, we received the complaint. Um, subsequently, regarding the specific request made by the requester, uh, she did provide a very detailed document that appears like it came from the Department of Emergency Management. Uh, however, based upon the specific information that was provided in that document, we were unable to locate any body cam footage regarding the two incidents that she uh, was requesting. I believe those difficulties were caused by the fact that the document produced by the Department of Emergency Management provides information that we as a police department do not track. For example, the information regarding the incidents that were requested identify a generalized neighborhood. For example, uh, the Bret Hart area of the Bayview or Lower Knob Hill area of the Central. Uh, San Francisco Police Department tracks its records from either specific intersections or specific addresses in the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, we don't track our information based upon neighborhoods. Uh, secondarily, the times in which the requests, uh, the two pieces of information were requested, one was at 2304 in military time and the other one was at 2311 in military time. So that would place them at 11 p.m. at night. Uh, when we reviewed records for our HSOC unit, uh, it did not show them working at those hours. I even personally contacted the head of the HSOC unit and asked if his units were working that late. And he states neither during APEC nor as a standard operating procedure do his units work to that hour. So based upon this document, I'm unsure if the times that are quoted are the times that the police department was aware of the uh, resolution going on, or if this was part of one of the other 
various city agencies that was located at the scene, such as DPW, ERT, SHS, uh, S, sorry, HSH, or uh, SFFD. So because we were unable to determine both the time and location, and upon a review of the subject matter experts, we were unable to provide any further documentation. If the requester can provide or ask for further clarification from DEM to see if there's a CAD number or a listed address or an officer involved, we would be more than happy to provide the uh, commensurate BWC. Okay, I don't have the, the all the documents that were submitted in front of me, but it is the case, right, that you, the particular incident was mentioned, uh, like a particular a resolution incident and a particular date. That correct? Oh, uh, yes, it was for two and, specific instances. Yes. So, do you have, I mean, are you saying there are like multiple incidents going on on those dates and you couldn't, you don't know which one they're referring to because you don't have an address? Um, or, you know, so, you know, how much, yeah, how ahead, many, I'm sorry. yeah, I'm just wondering, like, did, was a search done? And how much material, what, like, how confusing was it if there's an incident mentioned on a particular date? You know, how many record responses are you getting and or how many how much body cam footage are you finding and, um, you know, why not just provide all of that? So, regarding the incidents themselves. We did have members of HSOC working that day on those days. However, we don't have any corresponding footage for those generalized locations and times. My understanding is that when asked for very specific information, we look for very specific answers. I believe it would be disingenuous to be asked for a specific date and time and then say, well, nothing met your date and time, but here's 25 videos that occurred that day. You figure out what applies to your request. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and actually, thank you. Um, that was very helpful to me because uh, it actually, I th I think uh, just to to take what um, um, respondent has just said, I'm going to ask a question of the petitioner. That seems to me to be more information than I had been able to get out of the file. Uh, is that new information to you that helps you understand this better? To the petitioner? No. Um, no. Okay. To be blunt, I, I can clarify what I mean by that, if that's okay. Um, yeah, it, so. I guess, uh, let, let me just, I'll let you clarify. I, I guess the thing that interests me is that apparently the FEMA, the records of, of FEMA, the police department is saying that maybe that doesn't necessarily correspond to when the police is involved. But go ahead and, and clarify. Thank you. So, um, that may technically be true, but uh, it's a very so a way that these encampment resolutions work is that right they are they are implemented by HSOC, which is a, a coalition of city agencies 
uh, of which SFPD is a member. And um, these resolutions are um, scheduled ahead of time, and there are a limited number of them in any, any given day, because as you can see from that record, it requires a coalition of teams present, right? You're not going to just all of a sudden have DPW, DPH, ERT, HSH, MTA, SFFD, SFPD, and DEM just kind of showing up uh, right whenever it takes takes time to plan that. So these are planned um, resolutions. Everybody's aware of them. They are the subject of a federal lawsuit, um, right, that's being appealed, et cetera. So what I'm trying to say is that, uh, you know, on, on uh, 11 slash 15, there were only two of these. Um, that are listed in this spreadsheet, uh, and so I feel like it's very, very reasonable that SFPD would understand that I want the footage from when SFPD was at that resolution. I don't know what time during that resolution the officers were there, what time they left, right? That the the date, um, and uh, that that that's in my opinion sufficient information. Like the time of the survey date, which is there in that spreadsheet, is is less relevant. So, in, in my opinion, pointing to that time and saying we don't know exactly when the officer was there at that time um, is is deceiving or or misdirecting uh, because SFPD would know when their officers were at this encampment resolution because it would have been planned ahead of time. Um, so that's what I'm asking for is the the footage of officers at that encampment resolution on that day. Okay. Okay. And um, do you have? Any knowledge as to say just with these two incidents, the the likelihood? Well, let, let me. I'm going to strike that question. That was a bad question. Let me ask a better question. Um, do you know that there was uh, body body cam footage taken in these two incidents? I, this is a question to the petitioner. It's not possible for me to know that for certainty for certain, but I, I the reason that I am asking is because um, individuals that the H SOC record shows that individuals, homeless people at the encampment resolution refused some of them. Uh, the government says refused service, mm -hmm. which means that they are subject to legal enforcement options. Which means that uh, if there is a threat uh, or execution of those legal enforcement options, that the police should, according to their own um, policy, activate their body cameras. Okay. Uh, like that footage. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, and uh, to the respondent, the um, it, is it possible that? Uh, well, when you went to look at these two descriptive, there's a certain data that you were given, and I know it's data that's based on the organization method of another agency, so there's not a direct correlation, but but it it gave you at least the dates to look. When you went to look, um, do you do you believe that you either one you really couldn't figure out which incident uh, Rosa L was referring to, or 
Uh, number two, you're pretty sure that there simply was no body cam footage uh, for the incidents on that day. And I'll say that maybe it's option number three, other. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what you mean when you say I, I don't, you know, I, I couldn't find body cam footage based on what I got in, in terms of the specification. Of course. So I initially searched out those HSOC officers. It's a very small number of officers who are, well, belie that. There's a decent number of officers who are assigned to our HSOC unit. So I reviewed their assignment for that day. I reviewed their uh, uh, various calls for service across the city. I tried to correspond that against the date and times that were put in the request and I was not able to match them up. I then uh, contacted the Lieutenant who's in charge of the HSOC unit and to the requester's point, uh, he made the same uh, point saying that resolutions are usually long-term uh, scenarios. And when he, I gave him this exact same document and asked him if he had any knowledge or if his unit had any knowledge about being in either of those locations on those dates and times, and the first thing he pointed out was, if we were going to be doing a resolution, we would not have been out at 11 p.m. at night. So based upon that information, what the subject matter expert was providing, uh, I wasn't able to determine if anyone at HSOC was at that generalized location, definitely at that time. Uh, now, if the requester is able to provide some more context, whether it was uh, a specific location or a specific CAD number, if she's able to follow up with the Department of Emergency Management and get us that more specified information, we'd be able to locate and definitively say whether or not there's any body-worn camera. The flip side of that coin is if we're required to take a generalized approach, I would have to have units go through every piece of footage that those officers went through that day and try to correspond it to that location Mm -hmm. and whether or not it came to a resolution. Mm -hmm. Now, if that is minutes or hours of footage, it may take an unknown amount of time just to sort through that to determine whether or not any of it actually applies to these two specific instances. Okay. And since there's very little information to go off of, it would be very difficult to say that it specifically involved the two incidents in question because we only have a time where the officers said they weren't there and a generalized location that may or may not correspond to where the officers actually were. Thank you. All right. And did anyone at your department um, make contact with emergency management to try to figure out which uh, resolutions these their references were referring to? I, I assume that there is a there's going to be a number or a name that would commonly be used between their department and your department. And so I wonder if, if there's a way that your department may have contacted them and said, you know, which resolution was this, which resolution was that, so that you could figure out which footage was needed. So I contacted the non-emergency number of dispatch myself to follow up just as one last point of contact. And I provided them with the same information that's in this document, the generalized location, the district, uh, the police district, the date and time, 
and they had no records of any uh, homeless related calls on those dates and times. Again, that makes it very difficult for us to find because the uh, homeless calls for service are vast and unless we're able to specifically attach one to a police response, it's very difficult to find. If memory serves from my limited experience in seeing the homeless related call for service board, some of those calls can pen for days, weeks, months, sometimes up to a year before it's uh, finally resolved either through HSOC or some other means. So this call for service that comes up for the 15th of November at 2304 hours may have been a call for service that came in months beforehand. I see. Okay, so that that could have been a, a, more than a, a small period of time just on that day, but it could have been a matter that lasted for several days. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and because okay. I'm only able to provide that limited information to dispatch, I'm only able to get a limited response back. Okay, thank you. Any other questions, members? And Rosa does have her hand raised. I'll, I'll, um, I will, uh, see, I, I'll ask, uh, the petitioner, um, is there anything that you briefly would like to add? Yes, can I ask, am I allowed to ask questions uh, to the respondent or no? Uh, you could ask it of us and just you, tell us what question you might have at this point. Sorry, I think I would um, want to know if I give SFPD an officer name um, or if they told me which officers were assigned to HSOC uh, for encampment resolutions for that day if they could provide me with um, footage of the HLOC officers at encampment resolutions um, on that day. And when I say encampment resolutions, I mean the ones um, that are planned and in the uh, in the spreadsheet that I provided, because again, really want to point out here that we're not talking about um, homeless related calls through 311 or anything like that. We're talking about pre-planned multi-agency resolutions of which there are a limited number every day and which every agency in San Francisco would know who was assigned and, and when that re resolution took place. So the, the focus on the time on this spreadsheet is an obfuscation. Um, the question is about finding encampment footage of HSOC officers at that resolution on that day. Um, that's not uh, big mystical knowledge that's hard to track down like that. that it's a concrete um, request. And so I'm trying to figure out what additional information um, to provide because I uh, I just, I, I reject the idea that, that I need a specific time, um, of the day because there are only, you know, one or two resolutions that happen on a mm -hmm. given day. So that's, that's right. my question is like, what, what information would be needed? Yeah. And, and I'll just, uh, forward that and see if, uh, uh Mr. Boatchamp has, a any kind of sort of tight response to that, like, you know, a, we need this, B, we need this, C, we need this, the type of information that the petitioner may actually be able to come up with. Uh, do you have any answer to that? Uh, I can, of course, attempt to ask the uh, the head of HSOC if they had any uh, homeless resolutions on that date. Um, what would be very helpful 
is if the requester uh, reached out to the Department of Emergency Management with the same document. And it doesn't have to be time. If they can provide what's called a computer-aided dispatch number or an instant report number, I would be able to locate body-worn camera footage within minutes. Okay, great. And uh, do you know, um, the, these are now body cam records that date back several months. Uh, do you think if if there are body cam records for that date, do you think that they still exist or have they been destroyed? Uh, my understanding is that they would still exist. Uh, I am aware that the coalition of homelessness lawsuit against the city is still in effect. So my understanding is that uh, all homeless related body cam videos are being retained. Okay, great. Thank you. Members, um, I think I'm done with my questions. Nothing else from the members. All right. Um, what, what do you think we should do with this? Well, I mean, to me, you know, clearly there's a lateness issue um, just because of the response times, but I don't know that I would, you know, at first I thought send it to the consent calendar because of the lateness issue, but I want to do whatever is most effective in helping the petitioner get the footage that they're looking for. So, um, I mean, I think there's no no uh, debate that there's a 6721 violation. For timing, yes. Um, but I'm wondering what else we can do to make sure this information gets shared. Yeah, I I see this as being. I think both sides have a good point on this, and there may be a, a slight level of uh, sort of chips passing in the night. It, it seems like the the description that is given by the petitioner to the police department seems pretty specific, and yet. I can also see that the police department would look at that and say, well, that doesn't help us narrow anything down. Uh, then the petitioner says, but, you know, I'm just talking about, I'm not talking about every single encounter out on the street. I'm talking about these, uh, you know, organized multi-agency uh, resolutions. And so, um, I, I think we should forward this and, and ask that at least the task force confirm that there was a timing violation. Um, I think that's sort of, we can't really decide anything further here. I, I think it's, it's good to know that the 60 days uh, doesn't end the availability, hopefully, for these two incidents. And so I would encourage the petitioner, 
I'm not saying that this is like an optimal um, answer because it's possible that this should be worked out between these different departments that they have universal, you know, identifiers, et cetera, et cetera. But it might be that if you found out from emergency management what these specific notations what they refer to is it you know resolution number you know 324 or with a name or whatever i don't even know how they how they categorize them that might be a way to get this stuff and then you take that back to the police department that's just more my practical advice as opposed to what i'm actually you know supposed to be doing here which is just deciding what do we do with this we find a violation what else do we do so um I to say, i'm curious if the petitioner goes to the department of emergency management and says there were these actions that took place on this particular day related to these resolutions can i get the cad numbers of all the you know, calls that came in that were in this geographic area on this state, like whether the DEM could even provide that. Like, I don't, I don't know how that works. Right? Yeah, and I don't, I don't either. Um, I would think that, you know, they may claim some exemption that I'm not aware of right now. Uh, but you're right. You, I mean, I sort of they have in their documents or in their database something that would allow them to connect these resolutions to particular CAD numbers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, it's certainly not a guarantee that you're going to get anything better than, than you've already gotten on this. But, you know, in terms of like just trying to do further investigation on this, and I know, you know, you're, you're here. And so you've obviously spent a lot of time and effort on this. Uh, you, you obviously care. And so, I'm just trying to figure out, rack my rack my brain with with my knowledge of how this city departments work. You know, sometimes it's they just don't necessarily all talk to each other, and that can cause problems. Okay, uh, motion. Uh, Let's move this forward to the full task force because these are public records within the task force jurisdiction. Uh, we recommend a finding of a timeliness violation under 6721. Look forward to the task force to consider and find oh, that there's it, a it, finding. We recommend a finding of a timeliness violation as conceded uh, under 67.21. I second. And, oh, I just, let me, let me, uh, and to uh, consider the sufficiency uh, of the response under 67.21. Still second. 
um, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I, well, this is not part of the motion. I'll explain is that since the petitioner doesn't have the records yet and they've asked for the records and the police department has, they, they've answered saying, well, that's not enough for us to go on. Do we feel like the police department has done enough to respond here in terms of their substantively and I'm, I'm not saying we answer that one way or another. I just think that we still have to figure out if there's also a, a failure to, you know, produce the records. That's what I meant by that. Um, motion uh, that there is jurisdiction and that the requested camera footage is a public document. Forward to the task force and recommend a finding of a timeliness violation as conceded under 6721 um, and to consider the sufficiency of the response under um, public Yes, would you like to speak on this item? No, I'm the, um, com the petitioner for the next item. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, so let's vote. No other callers in the queue. Yeah. Um, taking a vote, uh, member Stein. Aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Three ayes. The motion passes. Can I just say, I think it would also just as the extra thing. It would be good for the petitioner to go to DEM in the interim between this going to the full task force and see. You know, can you get responsive? You know, can you get the information you need from DEM um, to provide? You know, to get these records from the SFPD. And if that information is not sufficient, I think that would be important for us to know um, at the full task force meeting. If just you know, if there really is no way to get the CAD numbers related to these particular incidents, then this is sort of a potentially a, a dead path to. Uh, to actually being able to get these documents. Yeah. We would want to know that. Agreed. Thank you, Member Stein. Um, and how is that captured? It's not captured in the okay. in the, the resolution, I mean in the order. Okay. Yeah. Motion. It's not captured. It's just a suggestion to the petitioner so that we have more information when it goes to the full task force. Okay. Okay. Let's um 
Go ahead with the next case, which is the last complaint of the day. Item number eight, file number 24002. Complaint by Anonymous, ACU, against the Fine Arts Museum for allegedly violating Administrative Code Sunshine Ordinance Section 67.7b by failing to provide a description that is sufficiently clear and specific to alert a person of average intelligence and education whose interests are affected by the item that he or she may have reason to attend the meeting and or seek more information on that item. Okay, um, I believe that the petitioner is present. Is there a representative for the Fine Arts Museum uh, available? Let me check this caller. Hello, caller. Are you here? Are you a party to item number eight? No, this is Antrobo. Thank you. Okay, so there does not appear number to be. eight anonymous v fine arts museum. Uh, it sounds like we do not have anyone here on behalf of the respondents. If they do suddenly seem to show up, um, just give a shout, but let's go ahead and assume that they're not here. And let's hear, uh, and again, to the petitioner, um, it's a pretty big record we have here. This is a lot of documents, although there's repetition in our file. Uh, but the, the members have had a chance to look. So uh, we know we, we know pretty much what the case is about already. But we're going to give you up to three minutes to, to give us a um, uh, an analysis, a summary of the case when Ms. Peterson is ready. Petitioner, are you ready to begin? I'm going to unmute you. Hello, are you ready for your three minutes to begin? Um, yes, I am. Thank you. Your three minutes begins now. Okay, uh, good evening task force members. Thank you. I'm sorry. I wasn't able to stay in person. Um, this complaint. Refers to 7 separate occasions in 2021 and 2022, including the fine arts museum of San Francisco board of trustees meetings on January 19th, February 9th, June 8th. October 12th and December 7th in 2021 and the meetings on June 8th and November 9th in 2022, at which the Fine Arts Museum of San Francisco Board of Trustees discussed an item, specifically JFK Drive access, that did not appear on the posted agenda. The FAM Board of Trustees repeated discussion of an item not appearing on a posted agenda appears a clear violation of Administrative Code Section 67.7a for failure to provide a meaningful description of an item as that term is defined by Administrative Code Section 67.7b. Fine Arts Museum Board is clearly a policy body as that term is described in Section 67.3d. 
At all seven of these meetings, JFK Drive access was discussed, but no description of this item was included on these meeting agendas. Therefore, the agenda item on which, under which the JFK Drive access was ultimately discussed, namely report of the director and CEO, Thomas Campbell, was not sufficiently clear and specific to alert a person of average intelligence and education whose interests are affected by the item that he or she may have reason to attend the meeting or seek more information on the item. The fact that FAM Board of Trustees officials specifically and proper, properly notified the public of the JFK Drive access item at the January 18th and February 8th, 2022 meetings, and then failed to provide proper notice for the next two Fine Arts Museum's Board of Trustee meetings, appears a deliberate effort to keep the discussion of the people's business out of full view, violating both the spirit and letter of public meeting and open government laws. Based on the procedural question I asked you about earlier in regards to 24003, I will be planning to file a separate complaint under, six, I believe it's 67.43 for um, willful failure to uphold Sunshine Ordinance duties or obligations. I appreciate your time and thank you for your efforts on the task force. Thank you. All right, uh, members, any, um... We have one witness. Any questions for the witness? Um, Member Stein, uh, sorry. So I'm just kind of looking at my notes here. So you you also talked about um, thinking are a number of public comments that were not submitted prior to the meeting. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know if those are public comments? by people who were at the meeting, even if they were not submitted prior to the meeting? Um, no, I don't know that myself. I was not at the meeting, so I don't know, but I do know that, you know, all those um, comments, if you notice, are timestamped with the timestamp and date that clearly indicates they were received after the meeting had ended. So I would assert that they are improperly included as part of the minutes for that meeting as they do not clearly and accurately reflect discussion or testimony received at the meeting. Okay, I'm just trying to find like, I can't, couldn't really find anything in the sunshine ordinance that. Said that only public comments on an item that were received. Before, or, uh, you know, before the meeting could be published. So I'm just. Do you yeah, have any citation I, there or. No, I did not see a citation. It, what I was. What I saw, I mean, knowing that just minutes are supposed to accurately reflect what mm -hmm. occurred at the meeting, that seems improper. And then only additionally, what I have is the instructions that I believe are included on the fine arts museum agendas, as well as the agendas of all of their departments and the board that notes that any written testimony should be submit to be included, mm -hmm. should be submitted prior to the start of the meeting. Okay, thank you. But but as far as a specific site in the Sunshine Ordinance, no, I could not find that myself either. Okay, thank you. I'm I'm reading sixty seven seven A, and it talks about how agendas need to specify. Um, either a 
proposed action or a statement that an item is for discussion only. Um, and it, it certainly doesn't seem to me that there was any proposed action that would really relate to what we're talking about here. Are you are you claiming otherwise that there was a proposed action involved here? Uh, no, but I but I referenced the violation of that staff of that section because it also includes you know an item to be discussed. Okay, so if so, you're you're not thinking that it's a proposed action that they should have. Um, been more clear about, but in fact, they should have been more clear that this was for discussion only. Absolutely. I mean, or okay. including it at all, not included at all. And then on the two that they did include it, it was clearly, it was a, you know, a meaningful description. JFK tribe access was included as a sub item under the director's report. Um, but then for the, that, for that meeting and for the, uh, the February 8th meeting and then to subsequent meetings, the JFK tribe access once again disappears, but was clearly intended for discussion and was discussed at the meeting, but not included on the agenda. I mean, nor was it included on the, the seven dates that I gave, the five dates that I gave in 2021. Okay. So under 67.7a, um, there's a mention in the first sentence of how each the agenda must contain a meaningful description of each item of business. And so I think that this would need to constitute an item of business. It, that's what your, you, you would agree with me that this would, well, you, you believe this qualifies as an item of business under that, um, provision, correct? Absolutely. Because, I mean, as you may know, the context of this, of these meetings and the timing of it was during a period in which the permanent closure of JFK Drive was a very heated topic among residents in the city. Mm -hmm. um, there was strong opinions on both sides, so much so that it ultimately ended up on the ballot. And so, and given the nature of all like those attached items, a written testimony that um, task force member uh, Stein mentioned, they were, I believe 45 of the 45 comments were all in favor of reopening JFK drive. Um, so they feel very slanted and skewed towards one side with, and given the prevailing opinion within the community it was not reflective of what the opinion was in the community. As I said, there were very strong opinions on both sides. Got it. Okay, thank you. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm good. And if you don't mind, I mean, I would like to say that yeah, in support of my position that this was an item of business, they did include it on the agenda for two meetings, but then it disappeared again. Got it. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we we may want to. Where's um, uh, what do you call it? To make a decision, talk talk amongst ourselves. 
<laughs> Are we on to that portion? Yeah. So I, I understand your question was getting at because I did kind of go through and I looked at, okay, every time this came up as a, as a item, was there any discussion among the board of trustees or, you know, was there any action taken? And in all the meetings that whose agendas I reviewed, um, it doesn't seem like members of the board discussed it, although in a couple of cases, public comment was taken, but it wasn't like it was listed as an item for discussion or action and like no discussion took place really among the members and no action took place. But what was interesting is the whole way all the agendas were done of like the report from this committee or that committee or this person or that person. And under some of those items, there were resolutions passed Yes, and yes, they were not yes. labeled in advance what those actions were going to be on. So I didn't, I, I saw what I feel like is a violation of the need to have clear agenda descriptions and consideration for, you know, things that are actually being framed as actions or discussions. <laughs> I mean, for things that should be actions or discussions because actions were taken. Although I didn't really see real discussion going on other than a report and then maybe some public comment, but not real discussion among the board of trustees on this JFK issue or any action taken on this JFK issue. But I felt like there was violation on other items where they were passing resolutions and the item was just listed as a report, but then a resolution on something specific was passed. So. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I didn't, um, I don't know if I got as deep in as you did on that, but, uh, I could definitely imagine that. Yeah, I, although I, I think that the, the, well, there is no proposed action. Obviously, nobody's claiming, you know, there's a, and I don't think they're. You know, I don't think they could have taken an action because they were just talking about what other agencies are doing and sort of complaining about it. <laughs> like, what is Rec and Park going to do here to us? Uh, so, um, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't know if if we are actually in sort of um, these Brown Act categories of item of business. Uh, proposed action, but we may be, we may be, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. In discussion, um, in whether they, yeah, whether, whether they fail to explain that this is for discussion only. But what I'm saying is it was, it was all framed as a report, like someone's reporting on something. Yeah. And then it will say in the minutes, like no discussion among BOT, um, but then sometimes public comment was taken. So it just didn't seem like it was an item either for, it wasn't for discussion or action. It was just like, we're going to report on what's happening with this right now or. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it does seem like, it just seems like the contention in the way the complaint is phrased is that like JFK isn't necessarily brought up in these minutes. Um, and I understand that we're discussing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm following that we're discussing between whether there was a discussion or an action and what member Stein has said that this, that there is a report contained. But for me, when I was looking at the February 8th minutes, I was kind of looking to see if JFK wasn't mentioned at all. And then I was also looking at what, um, what I first saw, what member Stein was saying about the public comments, which also seems sort of insufficient in some way, but there is a significant 
report on JFK in there. Like, I mean, there is, you know, it, it's not like they were like, oh, this didn't exist. This doesn't exist, you know, and, and in addition to a uh, significant report, there was a notation again, putting those 2 things together. There kind of is a disc not with, within the board, but certainly a discussion happening within the meeting with many members of the public were voicing their. Concerns, um, and, you know, looking at this. Um, this is uh, as many of these things come forward, you know, kind of separating between. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, this is 1 of those things where obviously, you know, I've followed along as well with the JFK drive. And it, it, the way that it sounded, you know, from the petitioner coming forward, it sounded like it would have been something for me as a member of the public that would want to know, oh, that they were discussing this. And if I saw these minutes, it, it, it does look like they did. They disclosed that it does say, at least in this in. February 8th is the 1 that I'm looking at specifically. Oh, in the minutes, but yeah, but in the agenda, it's okay. not in JFK discussion that there's going to talk about JFK in many of the agendas, but then, uh, but then they, but in the minutes, it reflects that they did, um, report on it, but they didn't necessarily have any discussion on it or any action on it. But in 2 cases at 2 meetings, they took public comment. Um, on the report that led to people to comment on the JFK portion of it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I went through the minutes of everything, but it's it's really how it appears in the agenda that just says like report by so and so. It doesn't say that the report is going to talk about JFK mm -hmm. or this or that or the other. And in reality, the report talks about like eight things, but those things are not mentioned in the agenda. So if you were a member of the public wanting to talk and wanting to hear what they had to say about this, you wouldn't necessarily know they're going to talk about any of these things because it just says a report from the chair of so-and-so you know, committee. Okay, so I, I will just add then, given the very largeness of this packet and that we don't have a representative from the organization here, like there's, it's, it's really hard to tell. It certainly seems like on the face that there is, it, it is within jurisdiction. Um, and that we don't have any like response from them to say, well, there was some other information that they're not including here. For example, that's what I would. That's what I would be looking for is some other like announcement that this would come up. You could even make the argument and, you know, I think. This is a little bit. Or that something that we probably end up talking about when this thing goes before the full task force. You could make the argument that, well, the it, it's like the they buried the lead here. It seems like everyone who was at that meeting was there, uh, probably to talk about this issue, and yet that. The agenda item is report of so and so, and this this is that misleading. Maybe that's kind of what the issue is here. Is can you just say, well, we're just going to have someone give a report, and then that frees you up to talk about anything? I don't know. I don't know if it does. Yeah, and I and I do want to say though, it's endemic in all of their agendas. It's like, it's very rare that they talk about, <laughs> it seemed to be in the agendas that I looked at rare that they 
identify any issues in advance. You just say report from this person, report from that person, report from this other person. And so anyone who wants to go to their meetings and understand like what are the issues they're going to be addressing would have a very hard time knowing it, whether it had to do with the JFK drive or anything else. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to have not just read the agenda, but read the entire content of each item that's in the agenda to find out if it is included in something called report of. And yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know. It's not even clear that they would have to put supplementary documents in their packets yeah. if they're not identifying things as for discussion or for action. But that's why I'm saying that then I was surprised and I didn't see it with JFK. But with other items, actions were taken, resolutions were passed, votes were taken on things that weren't specifically mentioned other than this is a report from so-and-so. Yes, I see that now. Sorry, I'm looking at this, the agenda. Yeah. Well, I think that we are definitely gonna have the full task force look at this and um, there may be multiple uh, either issues or angles to uh, approach on this. So, does anyone want to make a motion? Yeah, I can make a motion that uh, these are public documents under our jurisdiction and that we will forward this case to the full task force with a recommendation to consider whether there's a violation of 67.7b for clear agenda descriptions and a violation for including public comments that were received after the meeting. I'm sorry, violation for receiving public comment after? Uh, a violation for including public comments in, in minutes that were received after a meeting took place. Motion that there is jurisdiction. Public documents under our jurisdiction. These are public documents under our jurisdiction. And forward to the full task force with a recommendation to consider a violation of 67B for clear agenda descriptions and violation for receiving public comments. Oh, I think I missed For this. including public comments that were received after the meeting. Sorry, and I do need to 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 change one thing, which is this is this is public meeting under our jurisdiction. And violation for including public comments in the minutes Sorry. that were received after the meeting. Public comments that were received after the meeting. Sorry, I want to um second the motion, but I want to first understand. I understand the nature of the what you're saying, the second part of it. But I just want to understand where that's a violation within the sunshine ordinance that I have to look at. Okay. Like, I just think it's something we should consider. Yeah, like, that they, that they, yeah. I don't know. That's why I was, I was kind of looking through the good government guide and elsewhere and I need to review the ordinance more clearly. It may not be under the ordinance, but I just thought put it in there because it's very unusual. 
It yeah. seems unusual. Well, it seems unusual that they would have such a significant discussion for something. I mean, I think that like, just, just for argument's sake, there is general public comment. Like someone could come up and talk about basically, I mean, in all of these meetings, right? You can come up and talk about basically anything, correct? Right, but usually they only, you only include public comments that were actually made at the meeting or that were submitted prior to a meeting. And so I just don't know if there's anything that says, like, what do you do about public comments submitted after a meeting? Should those be included as a reflection of what happened in the meeting, in the meeting minutes, or should they not be there? Um, but uh, I just want to make sure, Pat, that you, um, Ms. Peterson, Ms. Peterson, <laughs> that you uh, change it to say that these, this is a public meeting under our jurisdiction, not public records. Public meeting under our jurisdiction. Somebody else might know something in the Health and Public Records Act or something like that that yeah. speaks to this. Yeah. Yeah, there may be there may be something out there, or else we just have to make the call. Yeah. You know, yeah. Seem like it should be. Well, I, yeah, I understand. Um, I, I and I generally agree with where we're headed with that. I just want to kind of hear the motion again, just so I can. Hi, this is Victor. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Yeah, I would suggest not calling the. Calling them public uh, public comment. Because uh, it's a, it's a letter or. Um, a memo. Oh, okay. Including letters received after the meeting. Yes, public comment yes, only occurs right. during the meeting. Yeah. And you can right. give a 150 word comment of your public comment, but I don't think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you, I thank you for that clarification. Is that public letters or letters received? Including from letters the received after the meeting. And just so you know, generally, um, anything I received after the meeting, I do include as part of the file. I do not generally include public correspondent as part of minutes and that's just something that that body does but usually public correspondence is just part of the file and not part of the minutes in general right. Even if we receive it before or after it's just part of the file right okay to restate um this is these are public meetings under our jurisdiction and forward to the full task force with a recommendation to consider violation of 67B for clear agenda descriptions. 67.7B? 67.7B. Uh-huh. 67.7B for clear agenda descriptions and violation or including letters received after the meeting in the minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a motion by member Stein seconded by member Sugarman. Uh, two things just, um, uh, well, 1 is, do we want to say anything about the representative, um, not showing up today? We don't have to, I just, uh, wondered if we, if, if that would, um, be a big help. And also, I, I think just on this point about the after after submitted 
stuff. I don't even know if we're going to really find anything that's a sunshiny kind of issue. You know, it's not like lack of disclosure or, you know, lack of transparency, but we'll see. Uh, but we have a, um, unless you want to mention that representative, we do have a second in motion, so we could go ahead. Whatever you want to do. Um, can we just note that no representative has shown up? Um, let, what is, do you remember the number of that? Is it 6721 something? I think it's 21 uh, somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's just add it so it's clear that a representative did not show up. Um, say and consider a violation violation of sixty seven twenty one for not sending a authorized representative to the hearing. Okay, that is actually, I'm sorry, it's 6721E. B is in boy? E is in eagle. Okay, deleting a representative did not show up. Replacing it with and consider a violation of 67.21 sub E as an eagle <laughs> for not sending an authorized representative to the meeting. Yes. Okay. Public comment. There does not appear to be any members in the room. We do have an online caller with their hand raised. Hello, caller. Would you like to make comment um, on item nine? Uh, yes, I would. All right. Yes. Um, your three minutes begins now. Uh, and for Bo, again, I believe 6721E is failure to send a knowledgeable representative to the meeting. Um, but my comment is that uh, as an outsider, it's near impossible to uh, understand from the agendas and the minutes what took place at these meetings. And that's been the case for a number of years. And I, I don't think that you can make referrals uh, for whoever is responsible for writing these agendas and minutes to get some kind of sunshine training, but they definitely need uh, something there. This is a major art museum known throughout the world, and they're using uh, taxpayer money uh, for purposes that are impossible to understand <laughs> what they're doing. Uh, I, I rarely see opportunities for public comment at their meetings, 
and uh, I don't even see draft minutes. So it's something that's been going on for a very long time. And I would urge the task force to do what they can to rectify the problem. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we can vote. There are no other callers in the queue. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Uh, Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Member Stein. Aye. Member Stein, aye. Three ayes, the motion passes. Item 10. Yes, please. Item 10, file number 23097. Hearing on the proposed edits to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Complaint Procedure to expedite complaint processing per the Sunshine Ordinance requirements. Okay, so uh, this looks like the highlight of the the year. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me one moment. Um, Ms. Trebeau, I am lowering your hand. This changes. Okay, well, uh, everyone, I, you know where I stand here, and um, I, I certainly could answer any kind of questions. Um, I may be uh, a bit um, forceful when I write these kind of things up, but this is my proposal after base after we had our discussions over the last say six months uh, intermittently and trying to figure out a way to do this is not exactly that easy. I don't know if this necessarily covers every possible way that we can change things. But I took a little bit of a different approach this time is which is to try to try to hit one thing. One thing, try to be figure out a way that to try to make it simple, to try to make it clear and uh, yet to try to actually um, not just not just make some incremental adjustments, but to make a pretty significant change because it seems like based on what you know I set forth here that the change has got to be kind of it, it it should be significant in terms of trying to get that time down and um, the the time not only to satisfy the statute, but also to give people what they what they probably want, which is something that doesn't take over a year to get to get your records, to get your answer. And then also um, in that process, I think it fits hand in glove with the idea that these committee hearings that we have 
they seem to be somewhat of a, of a superfluous exercise when it comes to looking at uh, a file because often, you know, we don't make a recommendation and so everyone's got to look at the file again anyways. And so why not we use these trust three members uh, in a committee to come up with something that the task force authorizes them to do based on what actually the way this thing was written, um, this this um, sunshine ordinance and the actual language that was used. So I actually just, I, I wanted to, I was waiting to do this until now, looking at the agenda for tonight, actually, um, I thought it was sort of related to this, this, this item. Um, so, uh, in terms of how to change the procedure, um, so on each of these, uh, agenda items, it says part a is determination of jurisdiction over the complaint discussion and action. And then hearing on the complaint discussion action, whereas we've as tonight and 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 I what I recall as all of the times I've been on this committee, um, we hear the complaint, and then we determine jurisdiction, right? So, um, I guess my question is, I mean, in addition, I did I did read your letter, and I have been looking over the the proposed changes, but. Um, would that change? Would uh, would the jurisdiction determination change? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. To invert it, yes. So to where we would where we would be able to. I mean, because that's that's basically what we've discussed is like, kind of how to make this a more efficient process. So and and also that there are many times that we we know what the jurisdiction answer is fairly immediately. So that's that is my question is whether we would invert it and just, just determine the the jurisdiction and then hear from people if we needed to hear from them because that's 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 the question about it forwarding it on to the the full board is a jurisdiction issue yeah i I guess the, I'll try to answer that, although maybe. Hopefully this will answer your question. I consider the jurisdiction question to be sort of like, well, what do you mean? Like when when have we ever not had jurisdiction? It's very rare that we're even questioning whether there's jurisdiction. I don't quite get it. I mean, to me it's like, okay, yeah, jurisdiction. It it's a one percent of the whole thing of what we do here. And so I know that, you know, it's, they talk about jurisdiction in the ordinance and they talk about jurisdiction in bylaws, and in the, but I don't, I don't understand why that gets so much emphasis because it's not a big deal. Um, but what I would say is, yeah, we, whatever we do first, if you want to spend 2 seconds saying, yeah, we have jurisdiction. Okay. The, that's what we do, and then we get beyond that. Fine, you know, and, and then we, but this would be 
we do more than just decide whether we have jurisdiction. Right, right, right. All those other things right. too. No, I understand. Right now, I was going to say we have discussion and action, but our actions are limited to we send it to the consent calendar or we send it to the full task force. Those are our only possible actions. Yeah. Right now, mm -hmm. and I just want to also add to, and I think what this envisions is that we make a determination, right. which is binding, and then the, the. You know, the time, the clock starts ticking about like how soon this material needs turned over. But the other thing about jurisdiction is we're supposed to be considering whether we have jurisdiction, but the reality is like, yeah, nine times out of 10 or 99 times out of 100, we have it. And when we aren't sure, it goes to the full task force because yeah. we, we're not equipped to figure it out usually on our own, or we're requesting that um, our, our attorney come in, our legal counsel come in and give us do some research and give this advice about whether we have jurisdiction, but we're very rarely determining like that. We, we never are determining on our own that we don't have jurisdiction. Right? Um, yeah. We don't yeah. exactly know what you're supposed to do. You know, the, the, the rules as written. In my opinion. Are kind of squishy in many ways and it talks about. Determine jurisdiction. So, what if we say there's no jurisdiction? What do you do? There's no like off ramp there. And so we're not really doing anything. Right. Because, no, I, yeah, I agree you know, with, I understand. And so, um, I, I think if either we would, you know, make a recommendation or whatever, but we're not really doing anything here. Partly because I think the task force could say, oh, we decided we vote. There's no jurisdiction and overrule anything that we do here. Mm -hmm. They could. The, the 1, 1 thing that's a little bit more subtle in the way I wrote it mm -hmm. is that. I tried to substitute. For the word hearing. I tried to substitute the words review or meeting because then we're not committed to having that word hearing show up when when it's not you know already written into the law that you have to have a hearing. Uh, we could, you know, have a hearing. It's not that a hearing can't happen, but I didn't want to stick with the language of hearing, which seemed to imply this whole thing that we do here, where I'm not sure if I think this whole thing that we do here really is anything other than a lot of people yeah. doing, showing up for duplicative right. effort. And so, in in a way, I I mean, the first time I, I know, uh, uh, Member Stein or Vice Chair Stein and I, we tried to make some changes a while back, and we, I, I uh, by my recommendations, our our recommendations that went to the full task force, very little of them were adopted. One of the things that those reflected. Partly was partly my idea that this whole committee business is maybe you get rid of the committee part of it 
if they're duplicative and just go straight to the task force. This is kind of like a revamp effort where it's like, okay, well, if we're stuck with the idea of these committees, because I don't know if other people want to, they like having committees. So if we're stuck with having committees, well, then let's do something yeah. with it as opposed to just kind of play, come and play with our toys for a while while we, while we sit. Well, the full board seems supportive of that too. I hope so. They seem like they were in terms of giving us more authority. Yeah, well, there will be some dissenters uh, on something like this. And, um, but, you know, that's fine. I have no problem with that. That's, I certainly do my share of dissenting. <laughs> oh, I have a couple comments too. I don't know if you're. No, I'm done. Um, so I thought the rationale, you know, as it laid out was, was laid out was really concise and honestly very hard hitting. And I thought that was a good approach, just saying, like, let's look at the language here and what it's saying and, okay. you know, what we're supposed to be doing. And I think it is pretty compelling. Um, you know, I think there's this argument that, like, oh, we only have to meet and decide that it's, uh, you know, public docs under our jurisdiction, but we don't have to make the ultimate decision. Um, we just require to do that. But when I read the when I read the language, I'm like, I don't agree with that. Actually, I think we're it's pretty clear that the deci deciding that it's public documents we have jurisdiction is supposed to lead to a determination, which isn't instantly supposed to lead to some compliance with that determination. It's not, you know, I don't think you can like really sever those. Um, so I, you know, to me, it's compelling the way you laid it out and kind of brought those brought attention to those pieces of the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, but some issues I wanted to point out. So it says the procedure says the petitioner, a petitioner who designates 67.21B will get this kind of expedited look. Uh -huh. um, but in reality, most petitioners don't say 6721B. They say 6721 only. Like this is something I noticed as I've oh. as I've uh -huh. seen the uh, uh, annual reports. That petitioners will come in and they'll just give a number heading that's kind of general. But then when we make determinations, we try to be more specific uh -huh. and we'll be really on point about, okay, this is the exact subsection that is violated, but the petitioners often just mention the overall section. So, 41. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's just something I wanted to point out because it might affect, um, you know, how you write this. Yeah. Um, and then I started to think too about, okay, what do you do with something like, here are the possible objections. Um, Suppose there's a 6721, but it's really unclear, clear, um, like we don't really know where to stand on questions of jurisdiction, which I know doesn't happen often, but, you know, one out of 100 times, maybe it happens, or we don't really know uh, where, what we think of the exemptions that are being claimed, for instance, and not with divulging certain information. Um, and, and right now, those always come up. There's a question about whether this is an appropriate exemption or whether this is actually under our jurisdiction, those always end up going to the full task force right now. So you're suggesting that we, from the committee perspective, decide it in committee, right? But I'm just wondering what happens if we're not sure, like, and we need to get counsel or something like that. That's, those are the ones that move on, right? I mean, I guess, yeah, we could just say, okay, this has to move on. This is not something that we can decide here right away. The way I, I thought, it, it's partly in order to get it passed 
get this change passed. But what I thought is that if we give the committee the if if everything is presented to us, jurisdiction, public, and violation, and it's all a twenty-one, and I'm just talking about twenty-one, then we uh, do a determination. We do an order. Boom. If we don't get all those things, then then we kind of go. Then, then we kind of have, okay, well, what we can say is, well, we're not sure. We don't have enough in front of us to show us that we can make a determination or an order here. Um, and so, you know, we... I could change or we could change this to give the committee the ability to dismiss to to say, well, there's no violation here. But I didn't put that in. Because I thought if we don't find a violation, but. Somebody did ask for a 21 determination and we say, well, we can't. We can't find all the elements that we need to to give you a violation. I think then we kick it to the full. And either, you know, they say no violation or they might answer one of those questions, like you were saying that, you know, we may. We may think we just can't get enough to get there, but on the other hand. I wouldn't want to sit in this committee and say, oh, well, you know, just us three, mm. we can't, we can't figure out this gnarly exemption question or this gnarly jurisdiction question. We don't have enough. We've got to go to the full task force. We've got to let them decide because I think that's passing the buck. I think that we have the ability to do that. And there's nothing in the statute that says that that's a better way to decide it or that the law asked that it have to be a vote of all 11 or, you know, because there's nothing in the law that talks about some kind of like, you know, being in here in front of all these people and getting that decision made the only time i can think that we couldn't make the calls here make the decision if we had all those elements is maybe if we wanted something for the city attorney's office like there's a legal question on exemption maybe a jurisdictional question and we're like oh, i don't know if i can answer this i could see that as as a thing that could possibly happen i i mean i have the advantage of i generally or are we on public record here Jeez, they're listening to me um i generally kind of see the process of getting a question to the city attorney's office 
and then getting an answer and then looking at the answer as being um, like, how many how many years is that going to take or how many months is that going to take? But also the answers are always a little bit uh, underwhelming to me. And and um, I have the advantage that I can just say, okay, well then I'll look it up, you know. And and but I'm the only one here who can do that. And I'm not going to like impose on you to say, oh, you should take my word for it because that's not your job. Your job is to listen to what I have to say and figure out if it makes any sense. Um, but you know, in a, in a if there is a complicated legal issue. And people don't feel like they've got enough there that they feel comfortable enough that they see that there's a violation. Then you could say that I can't see that the the burden. I know burdens is a weird thing here, but that there's enough here to see that there's a, a violation so that we should order under 21. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is. I just for questions that are like hard or complicated. Well, I don't by and large feel like things need to go. Many of the things that we hear. I feel like they don't need to go before the full task force to get the right mm. outcome. Yeah, for really hard certain hard questions. I do see the value of. Kicking it to the. Diverse perspectives, yeah, <laughs> and it's not just a yeah. legal thing. It's yeah. also like. It's something bigger. It's something, maybe an ethical, social policy thing. Um, so I just bring that up for that reason, and then. And I think that would be a, uh, a valid. Approach, in this situation, if. It were, to, get kicked. So it it goes to that. A, a task force being within that 45 days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so it goes to the next one. Yeah. And I, I know that's, you know, kind of like, whoa, that's fast. <laughs> really, it's a, that's a totally different world than the way we do things here. And I don't know if it's even possible to do it as fast as the law says we're supposed to do it. But this may be one of the few ways to do it that fast. But I'd, yeah, I'd have no problem with two members say, I, I just don't, you know, I don't want to do a determination today. I don't want to do an order. Let's just kick it to the next task force meeting. Then I, I think that's the way that that one goes. I can see that. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Whether we have witnesses actually stand up talk that's optional yeah uh i think we i put it in here that the parties have to appear i left that in because i think other people want that i frankly i don't know if i necessarily feel like dragging people in i think they should be able to make a complaint and not have to show up at city hall in order to to do a, a, a sunshine complaint, but that's just me. And so I left it in there so that both parties have to be here for that committee meeting. But on the other hand, if, if some of them might get their answer that day, you know, and, and we would give them the decision and they don't have to come back a second time. Right. 
So that was one question I had. I wanted just wanted to hear what you had to say. And then the other is so this petition notes that it basically severs a 6721B claim from the other claims and can decide it and then continue with the process. Uh, uh, am I correct on that? I, I think I think the way that I, I think that it was a discretionary thing. Oh, that you could sever it or not right. sever it. Okay. Yeah, if if for some reason you get something where there's multiple claims. Well, because sometimes we could, it's like a, it's late and this was an improper exemption and you know whatever they didn't whatever it is. It's like things that are kind of tied together, but. Um, you know, so if you say, okay, yeah, we agree it was late and it should have yeah. come in. If we haven't decided on, like, whether the exemption was proper or not, uh -huh. I can't, it seems like, how do we order that that be released? I would say of that kind, we, we figure out which of it is a 21 violation mm -hmm. and which of it is something outside of 20. If it's 21 then we're kind of on the clock. And so it's kind of incumbent on us in the committee to try to try to finalize it, try to finish it. Uh, and with the other stuff, we'd have, you know, as it, you know, it, it it's, you know, two two against one or three against zero, but we could decide, well, what should we do about this other stuff? But I think that, you know, one of the ways that I'm hoping this can work is that maybe with the other stuff, we could say, well, that's, there's no timeline on that, you know? So let's, mm -hmm. let's focus mm -hmm. on these 21s. We were told that we got to decide the 21s first mm -hmm. and the other stuff has to wait, you know? And, and so I think if we are sitting around with nothing to do, then, you know, maybe we decide everything at that day. But if we're pressed for time, then we say, okay, we're going to decide the 21 stuff here. But the rest of this case, it it gets put back on that non-21, non-priority track. Right. Which honestly makes sense to me because the whole thing about getting, you know, I'm just, as I say a million times, like information as a shelf life, these people need the information when they need it. A lot of times, if it takes a year to get it, it no longer has value to them, really. Like, they're, if they're a reporter who's writing or if they're someone who's trying to petition to keep their job or stop a tree from being torn yeah, down or whatever yeah. it is, a year is, like, probably yeah. too late. And things. so I understand, like, yeah. why you would prioritize, you know, getting people their information on the timeline that the ordinance envisions and why that should be a priority over, say, saying, okay, this meeting was improperly noticed. That's important, but it's not, you know, there's more riding on someone who's not able to get their information on time. So, yeah. And then the other, one other comment I had was that um, on page 19, last page where you have um, the new language that you're adding to article six. Oh, the bylaws. Yeah, yeah. I got confused for a second. So I just want to say I would put commas around where appropriate because <laughs> that threw me and then i would also put the word make um where appropriate make determinations and orders <laughs> oh so committee shall 
schedule priority review for 6721 claims, including comma where appropriate. And I guess you could say making determinations and orders. Appropriate comma making. That's that's fine with me. That's better. That's 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 a good improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comma, comma, making. Okay. Yeah, that's fine with me. So I have. Just to clarify, that change would come in writing from you. I will. Um, I think we'll put it on on the record, and then I will incorporate it in getting documents that would go to the task force. So I have two questions that may already be clarified, but I want to ask them. Say we make a determination, um, and that what I what I imagine is the um, whichever party we made the determination that wasn't in their favor, they say, "Oh, we didn't want this in front of three people. Can we get this in front of the full board?" No. No. So no. that's so that's no, well. I mean, I uh, no, I agree yeah. with you. I'm just yeah. saying that's something that I expect. So I'm wondering if that was like addressed in the way this is worded. It changes our appeals process. Right, you can appeal if you have new information or something like that, but you can't otherwise appeal a decision. Well, there's a there's a reconsideration. But that's what I mean. That reconsideration has you have to show that there was new information that wasn't taken into account yeah. by the yeah by the so made the decision. So um, that's the new the new information uh, avenue. But we don't have anything that's an appeal right now, and I would not, I would, I would, not want to do that because I think that would basically just make this all kind of like no, advisory yeah. again. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to either. I just, I'm just, I, I, have, I have no interest in that. I'm just anticipating. I think that, I think that the, the course that you're taking is a good one. I just, I, I anticipate that. We would have a lot of people, a lot of people who have a lot of history with this task force would probably be really unhappy about the idea that something doesn't go through the process that exists right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's a I, handful of people. I have, yeah. yeah, and, and that's, you know, I understand that, uh, they're going to lose something that they'd like to have. Yeah, no. They'd like to have this feeling like, oh, you know, we're doing the public this service and letting them come in, you know, and have all these hearings and stuff. To me, that's that's what their view is of what's good and what's important. Um, but my view is different. Uh, it. it but we're going to have a lot of people going to say, but everyone should get to go in front of the full task force. And so, yeah, there will be objection on that. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you think there's value in that, that we want to keep, then, you know, we, you know, we, we would, that's something that, you know, we could talk about. I don't, know if uh, I see any necessity 
if you look at the way the law is written, mm -hmm. I don't see that there's any necessity that that has to happen. Right. Well, for the record, I think that there are a number of issues that come before us that we could make determinations on and that we end up discussing with the with the various parties and then we end up re discussing them with the full task force and that take exponentially longer because there are three of us here and there are exponentially more of us in the task force, you know, on the full as, board. As, as things are right now. You, yes. Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is I, I I do not think that every I'm I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that that the these parties that you say will be unhappy with it that they will be, that I anticipate that that's what will happen. They'll be like, why didn't we get a full hearing on this? Um, and the other thing that I brought up at the full meeting about this topic was um, whether or not there's any mechanism in place for the task force to review the decisions that we've made. Not that I think that it's necessary. I'm just wondering if that's something that that is on the table. That I don't know. Uh, much about to to review the decisions that have been made. I, so again, hypothetically, what I would expect to happen, and when this discussion does come up with the full task force, would be that they would be like, "Well, what if you're making decisions on this committee that we we want to be, we want to have, we want to weigh in on, etc." Uh -huh. um, what happens then, right? And so, like, what I'd suggested then, and again, it's not. I'm, this isn't a personal. I don't. It's not, it's not important if it happens or not, but my suggestion was, if that's the way that you wanted it, that like, well, what if you were able to at least see the decisions that we made, like during a regular course of the meeting, like, and if something flagged to somebody, they could say, we want to bring this up or something like that. Um, well, I, I think that the, the idea that I have is that this is truly given to the committee that it's assigned to, to do the 21 determination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if somebody, if somebody else, you know, like say David Pilpel, you know, just randomly mm -hmm. choosing someone who wants to go to our committee meeting and sit in and be involved, that's fine. Um, but if you're not on the committee, you, don't get to like have an opinion that matters on something that we decide as a committee. It's not, there's not going to be a, because that's, that's part of the efficiency here. Yeah. Is that in, in, in to me, like if, if we are trying to get more efficient, mm. we've got to cut somewhere. And so. The idea of adding layers of review or having all these different, like, kind of people having their say on things, that's where I think we go wrong at, at this time. Yeah. And so I think we need to, even though a committee will make mistakes, we will make mistakes. We'll make bad decisions. Judges, you know, Judges at all levels, they make that bad decisions. You know, people in government, they make bad decisions. But that's just, you know, there's always going to be that chance of it. But I think this at least puts it before three people. And it 
gives it a chance of satisfying what you know the law tells us we're supposed to be doing. Okay. And so I think that we're basically gambling on if you give it to three people, that's enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. I just I think that I'm not saying suggesting any change to what your what your what your plan is. I I'm anticipating that's probably where the biggest pushback will be from the board. Other people, yeah. Yeah. Is it oh, is yeah. it yeah. is it is it that they will want to they'll be like because yeah. because that's a significant part of our of our workload. Yeah. On the full board is hearing complaints. Oh yeah. So yeah. so it's just so it's just a matter of like yeah if you want to address it not not if you want to insert a mechanism like a review mechanism yeah. just like just something to keep in mind. I think you'll still have plenty of complaints here because right now. Like 40, 50% of the complaints are 60 invoke 6721, but there's like 40, 50% that don't. Yeah. So those would still go before the full task force. Um, it's not that they're gonna be missing those cases. I mean, like not have cases to hear. Yeah. Um, but I do wonder about like, are any additional guardrails needed for certain kinds of situations where uh, so where it's clear we would send to send it to the full task force rather than. But but yeah. that's see that's to me even just that default. Oh well, let's just send it to the full task force. To me, I want to know is is that just I'm, you know, just to, I personally, am I. Just saying to myself, oh, I don't feel like I have the ability to do this. Or am I just like being personally lazy or something like that? I, I don't think I, I, I understand. I agree with you that we'll get more perspectives. If we have 11 people, it's that we, then we will with 3. No question about it, but I don't know if the quality of the decision necessarily goes up. The actuary, accuracy of the decision goes up very much. Um, if, if you know, weeks, you know, I, automatically have everything go to the. I hear you, but let me give an example. <laughs> a hard question. Yeah, a hard question about jurisdiction. Maybe if there is a dis discrepancy or a disagreement about jurisdiction, which you can see, like it could even be a checkoff, right? Like, does you know, is the Respondent denying that there's jurisdiction here. Maybe that doesn't even come through a committee ever. It just goes straight to the full task force. If there's a disagreement about jurisdiction. And, and you know, and I like a guardrail. Yeah, it's a really important. I'm just giving that, you know, if we think it's a really uh, difficult question and like, why clog it up by sending it to committee 1st, when we know it's just going to go on to the full task force because. There's a disagreement about jurisdiction and we don't have, you know, enough info. Maybe I'm saying like something to think about, like, are there certain things that you would just bypass committee, go to full task force, even though it's a 6721 violation claim. And I don't know the, I'm just throwing that out as like another. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, I, I would maybe put that in the category of, uh, like, 2.0, like, like, or 3.0, whatever, like, maybe what I'm trying to do here, this thing that we're sort of on the agenda item for is, is 
it's a fairly kind of hopefully compact kind of thing. So it just it doesn't change anything other than 20 months. Um, and, and that's I kind of thought, you know, that might sell better. And it may also mean that people can can just focus on, okay, everything else is all just the same, except for this. And yet all that idea that you just had, I think that's a great idea. As a as a like follow-up idea. And if you mean as like another like as an adjustment a, later? A different change to the complaint process. And I I would I like the idea of having different ways that these things go, that they're sent, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like you said, some things where you don't even send it to a committee. I, that's fine. That sounds good to me. Although I'm trying to keep this where it's not going to become um, like 11 people debating it and they all have 11 different issues yeah. that they're stuck on. And then we end up with, you know, just not really nothing. I'm, I'm hoping that at least I can get this one to stick. And then, you know, we could see how this goes. It may be a disaster, but it doesn't have to be a disaster. And I'm hoping that this will shake up other things that may lead us to making other changes. And I'm open to doing some of the other stuff, but I thought that of the, all the things that we've talked about over you know, the last year and a half, I thought this gives us the ability to kind of hit at the heart of what we thought was the biggest problem. Which is that we have no ability to do really anything here, and the task force is it, people having to wait 14, 16, 18 months for things. And we as a committee, yeah, no. that's a big, you know, that's like to, to various extents. I think that's got to be like right on the front of you know what's going on here. It's like why is it taking so long? And it bloats those meetings too, just to send everything onward to them. Yeah, and yeah, the extra meetings. Some of these cases they show up five times and stuff. And I just don't know how much that really is of value to anyone. I do think that it's appropriately narrow. It's just more like the only thing is like just how to make sure it's palatable that it passes. So like. I think that, like, in terms of guardrails, I thought of, like, just 2 things. Um, 1 is, uh, have we discussed an evaluation period? Like, how long are we doing this before we report back on how it's going or anything like that to the board? Uh, you know, I think that. We could say, you know, if, if, if people wanted that. I have no problem with, with doing something like that, like a year down the road. See how it's going or 6 months. If, I, I don't, I didn't write in anything about like how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess that would have been sort of some layers on that. I didn't want to add in there and, um, but, but the, I have no objection to something like that. 
to put something like that in there. And, you know, that, um, you know, we could do something like that, or we could, like, if, if say, we were to pass something today forward to the task force, mm -hmm. we could say, well, we're going to pass this with, you know, a couple of changes, and we are considering having a review period. That's, I, 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 I actually think, like actually, that makes, that probably makes the most sense. The other one that I had, I don't think, I mean, it's not as necessary. I just thought the only one I ever thought the idea was like, well, what if it wasn't a unanimous decision? Like, what well, maybe those could be up for some sort of, if we wanted to push that forward, if it was like two to one or three to one or something. But it's not, it's not as, it wasn't, it wasn't as, I'm not even that sold on it. It was just yeah. the idea. Yeah, I, I but understand I, what you mean. That That's a different ballgame. Yeah. Um, but I do think that an evaluate, I think that might help, yeah. you know, like make it something passable for the board. With the, the review period? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Let's say, how about, how about we just say with a one-year review period? Is that, is that, um. So you would want to include it in the annual report for 2025, basically, as I'm guessing. Uh, you could just review it like as a gen agenda item okay. task force after six months or something yeah. like that. That's kind of what we've done with some of the other changes that we saw, like when um, member neighbors yeah. instituted that, like, you know, form that we wanted respondents to fill out. We had in there that we would review it after three months or six months, like, you know, and see, like, is it working? Are people using it? Is it, is it helpful? All that stuff. Yeah, we just sort of say, well, what do people think? How's it going? Um, you know, does anyone have anything concrete in terms of numbers, et cetera? And if, if you know, enough people say, well, this is, this is out of control, you know, this just is not working at all, or else it's a waste of time, or else, we're not complying with it, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, we would sort of put it on the calendar for say, you know, it could be six months, could be a year. I'm just throwing out a year as, as at least that gives us a, a sort of like a track record to look at as a one year. I'm, I'm not picky about the timeline. Okay. It's just the idea is a good idea, I think. Okay. Yeah, I say, okay, one year from passage. I just wanna say, you might wanna look at just in thinking about like if there needs to be any specific type of uh, guardrail or objection or uh, you know about like what might get complicated here, looking at the complaint resolution data for 2023 that I posted because it has all the alleged violations for every case there. So you can just kind of go through and see like, oh, how many were just alleging 6721 alone? <laughs> how many were alleging 6721 in conjunction with other violations? There are an awful lot that are 6721s plus 6725, the IDR, where those kind of, you know, putting yeah. it together, or the um, Top G calendar with the 6721. But then there are also like a sort of subclass of, <laughs> combined violation, combined allegations of violations that get into issues of, is this really public information that needs to be disclosed? Is this properly exempted? And then a bunch that are just there with um, allegations that this wasn't minimal withholding, was this, was this level of withholding proper? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and was the way the withholding was explained proper? Those seem to be like what we get most 
often in combination with the 6721. So if there's anything in there that you feel like, oh, this is going to be. Yeah, so that question about, like, is this really public information might be 1, I don't know, but. It might be helpful just to see. You know, what are the. What are the ways that this, what does this come up with? And is there any going to be any problem in any of these kind of pairings of. You know, issues yeah, that we yeah, might want to address. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, I, but there's an just, awful lot just to clarify on the. On those on those cases where you have 21, but you also have other things. Um, I think what. What what the way I wrote it was that, yeah, we do the, the fast 21. that's 21's in the priority category. The other stuff we can choose. To just say, sorry, we don't have time or we can say. Oh, yeah, we're going to use the old process to make our recommendations and send it to the full task force. And so we've got those two as options for the non 21 stuff. I think if, if, if something is sort of like. I see, so we might send it and say, this is late. We decided, yes, this is definitely late, but now you full task force decide was this. Public information or, or pieces of this public information or if it's something that's outside of 21. If it's, if it's, I mean, we could do something. Uh, if it's, I, I think the 20, well, if we, if we don't. You say public information under under 21 or, under, no, or we'll one of the other steps. Yes, under 24. Under 24. Okay. I think that a 24 determination, the way I would try to answer your question is to say, well, there's no 45-day period. There's no 45 there. So that's not really what what this is about. Now, if the if the twenty if the sixty seven twenty four determination was so tied up with the twenty one that you just said, well, let's decide that too because we're here anyway. Uh, then I'd say we can recommend something to the task force, make a recommendation, and send it on. Um, but uh, I wouldn't feel like that's. That that's the kind of thing that we're changing the process on at all. Okay. okay. Yeah, I would just make that clear somehow okay. in the proposal that it opens up the possibility to decide 6721 cases, you know, and other sections that might be, um, you know, affiliated with that decision mm -hmm. where possible. But if not possible, it would be sent to the task force you know? yeah i i think let me just um look i mean look, if that's what you think i, I don't know quickly nice where I no, no 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 it makes sense uh yeah what i in my write-up on page six footnote five i said this proposal would leave in place the existing process for resolving non-21 complaints Public meetings violations, IDRs, 67.295 calendars. So I guess it's it's in a footnote. So but I that's definitely in my intent is that only the 21s 
are absolutely on this new fast track. And anything else, because it doesn't have to be decided in 45 days, it stays kind of as, as yes. So I'm just picturing this. So say someone comes and they say there was a violation of 6721 and a violation of the Prop G calendar. Um, and we look at it and we say, yeah, this was definitely later than it should have been for the class of information that was decided. Yeah. We can decide both on the 6721 and on the Prop G calendar there? Not, we, not a final. Yeah, yeah, you can just we move the calendar forward. forward. We push that one forward. So, we, but when it goes forward, they're not making a separate 6721. Yeah. They're just late. We're telling them you have to release this information, which happens to be a Prop G calendar information, but we're not finding the violation of the Prop G until it goes to the full task force. That's yeah, right. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, which sounds like a little bit odd. Yeah. Uh, but that's because the 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 law puts those on different footings, you know. And and um, I I mean I yeah I I we could take this and re you know rewrite it to say, well we're going to also decide calendar stuff. I'm not going to do I'm not going to do that now, but. You know, it could be that other things should be going faster and should be decided in this committee in addition to 21 stuff. I would I not object to that. that. I would not object to that myself. You know, especially like those calendar cases, they're easy. They're the you could decide those. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, but I agree to keep it narrow, though. Yeah, but but that's I, I figure, you know, there's. Like 11 members and anybody can propose any changes they want and I encourage, you know, anyone to make changes. Um, I'm just trying to hope, hopefully get 1 thing. changed. And yeah. We'll see if that happens. I mean, I like this proposal. I would be in favor of it. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, like. The situations where it seems like slightly awkward, like, okay, so we say there's 6721, but we're still waiting on the official 6725 violation, but we've said this is late. You need to give it. So, I guess that starts the ball rolling on getting the information. They get in order. Not all the violations yeah. have been. Just, you know, found. I mean, I think it might change how people file too. It could, it could. Yeah. Tricia, we yeah, say something. Once they're probably thing to go in front of the full task. Or they just want to something. That yeah. Maybe. Or they'll just file the 6721 if they just want violation. They're still going to go twice. If they file 6721 and 6725, they're still going to go before the committee and the task force. It's just the different components are going to be decided at different levels. Yeah. I still think that that's. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the best way to get it passed as well, though, like to literally only focus on the one thing and and then and then to see how that goes and then to add prop G if yeah. that goes well. Yeah, we, we add things in later. Yeah, because yeah. I, I agree with you. It's inefficient, but it makes it, it actually does make sense. No more inefficient than today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be more efficient still because you'll only be discussing one. Right, you're focusing it. Yeah. <laughs>
maybe. <laughs> I, I, um, at the last meeting, um, Chris actually walked over to me and said, I heard you're going to change things. What, what the hell are you? What, where, where are you on that? Where are, cause I'm going to vote for it. So <laughs> I, I figure we're at least partly on the way to six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, I think, yeah, let's try this Okay. because I don't see it making anything worse. Mm -hmm. And I think it could make things substantially better yeah. in terms of improving the timeline of how these cases are processed. I think there's some, some, there's some flexibility in certain areas where it, if it'll feel like, hmm, you know, that's a weird twist on things. How do we handle that? There's enough that I think it can be dealt with, you know, as it comes along. Okay. Well, I've got the notes on comma where appropriate comma making one year review period. Those will be, um, those will all, I will uh, make sure that those are somehow notated so that it's clear that those are part of what we passed today. And um, then we, we will, um, uh, I'll make a motion that we um, approve as a committee uh, this proposal and we send it to the full task force. I'm sorry, one more time. A motion that we approve as a committee this proposal, item 10, and we send it to the full task force for review and approval. Um, the motion is to approve this item as Approve as a committee this proposal and send it to the full task force for review and approval. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, second. I second. Seconded by Member Sugarman. Um, public comment. We have no one in the room and. There are no callers in the queue. Okay. Okay. So let's let's vote. Vice Chair Stein. Aye. Vice Chair Stein, aye. Member Sugarman. Aye. Member Sugarman, aye. Chair Schmidt. Aye. Chair Schmidt, aye. Three ayes. The motion passes. All right. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Item 11. Yeah. Announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the complaint committee. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, actually, I have a question. Um, did we ever hear from 
the new member about whether they're joining the complaint committee? Uh, no, although it was sort of ragged there at the last hearing because she didn't even get to hear what the committees do and she came in an hour and a half late. Yeah, so um, we could, we can, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I was going to, I asked Maxine if she wanted to be on this committee. And then, um, um, Kumar and Anita, is it a no? Why am I thinking that? I don't know her first name. Uh, I, Maxine said no, uh, but I, she had some reason. And so I asked Ms. Kumar if she would be on the committee. And part of the reason was that I thought um, that could take some, some burden off of you as since you're the vice chair too. So I don't know how, how much effort that is to do, but you, we could simply have four on the committee. Mm -hmm. And then we could, you know, sometimes someone wouldn't show up and we'd still have three for the committee. And um, I thought that, plus they're not on a committee. So I suggested that, and, but I haven't heard anything. Okay, next item. Okay, no action on item 11. Item 12 is adjournment. Adjourned. Adjourned Bye. at 9.30 p.m. Uh, last time I...